ho, yo, ho, it's a podcaster's life for me, and you are on the Polarized Podcasting ship, and we are coming to our final docking resting place of our Pirates of the Caribbean series this week with Pirates of the Caribbean Dead Men Tell No Tales. I am James, one of your hosts. We're talking about polarizing movies. Uh, this is this podcast is called Polarized. Talk about movies that have very divisive scores on Rotten Tomatoes, according to audiences and critics. Uh, either the audiences love it, critics hate it, or vice versa. Um, you'll get a fresh meter on one of those uh, scores, or you'll get a rotten meter on the, the other one. And that's how it works here. Um, throughout all these Pirates movies, they've all been uh, divisive of the ones we've done here. And those being number two, number three, and this being our last one, number five. The first one, if anyone is keeping track, I just, uh, our guest before this podcast started was curious about it. And I just thought I'd clue everyone in here on the end here. Um, the first one, Curse of the Black Pearl, had positive marks across the board. Um, and then we get into polarized territory with number two and three. And then on four, it goes into everyone does not like that one, according to Rotten Tomatoes. And then this one, it kind of bumps back up on the audience score, and the, the audience kind of likes it a little bit again. Um, those scores being uh, 30% for the critics on Dead Men Tell No Tales, and 60% on the audience, which is like the just the cutoff mark for a fresh score on Rotten Tomatoes. is what we, I thought it was 50. It's a 60. If you get a 60, it's a passing, according to uh, Professor Tomato. Um that's the uh, that's the rundown I'm gonna I'm gonna give you. But uh, before I go any further into this movie, into anything else polarized movie related, I'm gonna bring my co-captain into the fold here. Uh, he's known by many names, but on this podcast in particular, I like to call him the Great Brandini. Hello, <laughs> welcome, Mister uh, or Breezy Brandini yeah. on. Uh, <laughs> On this series, at, at least, you're the breezy brandini. Oh man, it is. I'm feeling like uh, feeling ready to be done with this a little bit, James. I'm feeling we did good. It. We're all, and, all we're about to do it. We're about to do it. I'm excited to, yeah, I'm excited for us to find our final port and to put this ship uh, to rest a little bit because, you know, I even though I enjoyed the, you know, two and three for what they are, and honestly, there's things about this movie that I enjoy. It is just the length and size of these movies can be fatiguing. So I just, yeah, I, you know what? In retrospect, I'm glad we were on this journey. I feel good today. I feel good talking about this. I'm excited. Hell yeah, man. Same. We and I, I mean, we'll, we'll definitely delve into it throughout this uh, episode of ours. But there's this, there is this world that I love to step into with these. It's interesting to like take it all in back to back the way we have done it. Mm -hmm. Almost like binge watching a TV show. We've like binge watched the Pirates universe. Um, I fit in number four as well. So if anybody has... Any questions about On Stranger Tides? <laughs> I will be I will be your knowledge uh, giver for that because there's a few there's a few little tidbits in here that I was like I don't know oh, I good. and okay. I watched this movie once before but man I'm blown away how it completely leaked out of my brain because I don't I didn't remember like anything about this one like about about uh, the enemy about like what his deal was about like yeah, the whole crux of it and then. I watched that fourth one, and it's all Fountain of Youth and uh, Mermaids, and uh, 
there's your rundown. That's all you needed, actually. Um, but is it is it less big or is it more like yes. is it kind of okay? And that's something that I will I might refer to here and there, and maybe even my final review because it kind of things come into terms and perception a little bit when you have different uh, pirates movies to compare to. Um, but that oh, fourth sure. one is way more close to being standalone of like, hey, Jack's got to go get that fountain of youth and he's going to come in contact with mermaids along the way. And Blackbeard is the villain and he's going to arrive and depart within one movie. And Penelope Cruz is in there and she doesn't show back up in this one. So it is like pretty self-contained and it's an adventure about the fountain of youth. And for that, I give it I give it that that credit. Um but, that but, sounds refreshing because even though this is like kind of pitched as a like a conclusion of sorts, man, they still like kind of leave it open and can't yeah. help themselves from just not wanting this to die. They just want mm. to keep it going as long as they can keep it going. And I mean, the, yeah, there's parts of me that want to see this continue because they're now having seen two and three in this one. Like there is now a better, a more solidified place in my heart with this because I mean, there's not obviously there's big budget action movies, but when it comes to pirates and folk t like tales and stuff like that, I mean, this really kind of has its, you know, special place. So, um, yeah, I, I am interested now because all of the criticisms, not all, but most of the criticisms that we levy towards these movies is, is that they are yeah, they want their cake and eat it too, like type deal or they're too big or yeah, so much bloat and they want it all. Yeah. So that's, that's interesting to me to hear that from you. Cause yeah, I would just would have assumed it would have been the same thing, but the story would have been worse, you know, cause we, you explained that why we didn't watch that movie is because everybody didn't like it, but it sounds like you kind of have a, like you leaned a little bit more on like, Oh, this is, this is okay. This is not, not execution as as wise. It still has the, the negative aspects of, I think some of these movies less. So the part of like having to lend itself to, to prior characters like Will Turner and shit mm -hmm. like that, which is which is a lot of the underpinnings of this movie and leans yeah, more heavily totally. into the past dealings that they've all been through and yeah, and right. bringing up some more of that stuff rather than the last one was like, hey, he's got this old fling, Penelope Cruz. Again, like, I don't know why, but I just relate these movies sometimes to Bond movies. He's just like, hey, he's got mm -hmm. this old fling and they, you know, and she's doing something on her own and they kind of like have entanglements along the way um but yeah execution wise i'll i'll express more like like the direction style between the two of them was kind of the most markedly different as well which is i thought uh. that was kind of interesting um but before we can go any further of course we couldn't do this pirates episode without yet another special guest people that's right we brought in we brought another amazing guest to help bring along this ship to the sandy beaches of of the polarized paradise that we will rest at after this is over. Hell he, yeah. he signed up for the last of this. So I'm really curious. Let me bring him in here. Mr. Evan Moore. Hello. How are you? Nice to see you today. I, I, How's it going? I'm Thanks curious. for having me on the pod, thank, guys. Dude, thank you thank so you much for for, for joining yeah. joining us. I'm curious of of your history 
with these pirates movies and yeah coming on to this fifth one like how does it feel just watching this fifth movie did you watch any of those other ones recently or are you just like uh just walked into this fifth one with like uh maybe you watched them a while back is what's uh what's your deal <laughs> yeah so you know like like most you know people i think you know, the the first pirates of the caribbean movie was like a, a big deal to me when i was like you know i think i was 13 when it came out i was yeah. you know I, re- I was a kid i remember seeing it in the movie theater and be like whoa this is awesome you know this is like a very cool thing so big you know it's just one of those big epic things um I, i'm pretty sure i saw the sequel you know like i can't exactly remember how many of these movies i've seen but i want to say it's two um and that's it I haven't touched the franchise or seen anything or had anything to do. I think I went to the Disneyland ride after they revamped it to put Johnny Depp in there, you know, and oh, as an animatronic, okay. you know, yeah. and then that, mm-hmm. so that would be another touch point with the Pirates franchise. Um, like, and, and I do feel like that actually like a little bit impacted when I was watching this. I was like, oh, this kind of feels like riding the ride, you know, like certain oh, parts when they're like totally. in the, you know, in the devil's triangle or whatever, be like, I could see this as part of the ride. Um, but yes. so I, I do think, yeah, like in that sort of multi-dimensional sensory way, it's like, it, it's been in my consciousness yeah, a little bit, but I would say I have not seen, uh, the third or the fourth. Um, and watching this was very much, I think, outside of the usual purview of stuff that I would watch. It just is much more of a sort of big blockbuster entertainment movie, you know, like, I feel like I'm one of those hipster film school guys who like watches these boring artsy movies um you know and that's what that's what i go for usually so like this was kind of a treat it was kind of interesting to watch something that's like i would i would never watch this uh, and here i am watching it oh i love to hear that because uh, yeah i i i asked you to be on the podcast and i knew that you weren't like a pirates guy i would like to ask though in rides at disneyland where would you rank pirates would you rank it towards the top do you really and you know are you a big fan of it or are there like three or four rides that would come before that where where does pirates the ride sit with you um i you know i i would say positive positive you know Mm. definitely towards the upper echelon i think it's slow you know the ride is so different than the movies in that like the ride is such a slow burn you know it does nothing it's very calm uh it's very much like a busy day at disneyland i want to ride a boat and be in the shade and just kick back and just like be entertained um you know what i mean like i got like i think oh for sure you can't beat Space Mountain or Indiana Jones. Yeah. Like these are the fun ones, you know. But oh like, my God. but Pirates is nice. It's a nice, cool vibe, and I feel like the whole experience of getting there, you know, like the area it's in of Disneyland, and like the sure. whole sort of waiting areas and stuff is kind of like, mm. yeah, I, I'd say you know, toward, towards the upper half. It's got to be one nice. of the longest rides. Like if you, I don't know, if it you is. get it at the right time and it's not too long of a line, you get yourself a bread bowl before mm-hmm. or after. And then you're just like cruising in air conditioning and like, I don't know, there's, there's something even though, even if the line is a bit longer, chances are the ride is going to be longer than the line. That's a very, it's very few rides that fit that uh, description. I don't know, like Splash Mountain is something that's like another kind of water, water flume that is like a pretty long experience too. And it's got the drops and everything, but, uh, it's, uh, it's a, yeah, it's a favorite of mine, mine too. That's, that's your favorite Brandini. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, because it, it 
Right. It's there's never a long wait there. It's air conditioned, which it can be. It can get pretty hot at Disneyland. And yeah, like there's part there's so many parts to it like it's it's not a, a you know it's very similar like bringing up splash mountains actually a really great example because that offers you a lot and then also too i've been hearing a lot about the um i've also actually seen a, a ride through of uh rise of the resistance oh where that that, that new ride has like a it, it has a bunch of different parts to it and you know as opposed to just getting on like i don't know uh, an example that popped into my head would be like big thunder mountain where it's like it's pretty much the same thing it's very fun and an exciting ride but it's you know it's very uh you know it, it's you know what you're getting into and it doesn't really switch it up too much um but yeah i know i don't know i've just i've always enjoyed it because it, i just have such fond memories like going to disneyland with my dad and if you're going to disneyland with a parent like and now i can sympathize you know as i get older it's like you really start thinking the rides that where you're just like sitting down for long periods of time in ac are like super great and you're less about like you know how fast am i gonna go or how high am i gonna go you're like where can i just go sit down in a dark <laughs> place you know that's relatively quiet for a bit and you really start to relish in that and i just i know my dad really loved it and i really love it because yeah i don't know like especially as a kid there's a lot of mature themes and we as we've gone through these movies too like it's really interesting how they bring maturity into this because i know that we've talked about it previously but just to reiterate like that's something that was really a struggle with disney at the beginning with pirates the movie series is that you know originally gore verbinski wanted uh, an adult movie because it's pirates you know they're swashbuckling they're killing people they're you know lewd crude and out you know got an attitude and um yeah like <laughs> it's got the landing on that one nice job drink up me hotties yo ho <laughs> but no there's like one thing that i always remember in that ride too now i'm kind of getting a little like all over the place but man i'm just something that came to mind that kind of reminded me of this movie is is that there's a moment when you're on the ride and there's like you're in a destroyed ship and there's like a big barrel that is like swinging yeah. above you and i remember just being like really scared about mm -hmm. that as a kid of like oh is it gonna just fall yeah on and then have to I have the same dialogue as a, like a 10 year old of like well we're going this ride all the time so i'm sure it's not gonna fall on me but you're still <laughs> like it's probably gonna fucking fall on me and i'm gonna die and i'm only 10 years old um yeah but you know, you also have like the Tortuga uh, scene in that ride of, you know, everybody's like drinking, you know, mm -hmm. running around. But then it like slowly progresses to things are on fire. Things are sinister. I mean, it just, and then you go. And I think my favorite claps. part as a kid was going <laughs> just past that. And there's almost a moment like that in this movie. Uh, you know, they're all human. But, you know, seeing all like the the caverns and the skellies and then yeah. the, and then like the skeleton with all the gold all over it and everything kind of where, mm -hmm. um, I guess there was a little bit of that in the, in the fourth movie where they find Ponce de Leon's ship and his skeleton is kind of sitting there in the bed. Like there's just little tidbits from the ride in all of these movies. Um, but there are different aspects of that, right? Cause yeah, it starts with the blue Bayou like restaurant. You right. see people like, Eating, You're having in a good Louisiana, time. yeah. You get a right. little drop. Pirates of Louisiana, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a stretch. They're like, this is close, right? Like it's the Gulf of Mexico, basically. <laughs> like. <laughs> 
<laughs> how far could it be really you know like oh. saint martin right that's where the this one was tagged uh -huh. yeah uh -huh. yeah that's the, you know yeah i mean that uh, you brought us into the the beginning of the movie this is the the finest bank in saint martin is that where they're first having is that the island or is that later on where they're having uh oh we open up on a very well, uh, th that yeah we're we're on the we, young okay. um was yeah, it henry Henry, the main yes. guy, yeah. Henry. Oh, yeah. Well, that that cold open, kid. but yeah, like the the, cold the finest bank in Saint Saint Martin or whatever. But yeah, that's like but, the present day kind right. of like this is where the store again. It's like you know, this is like where it's it's funny. It's like this. Yeah. The movie yeah. is Jack Sparrow, right? So it's like when uh, Jack shows up, that's when the movie starts, right? Exactly. Like, yeah. Sure. Yeah. And when yeah. he shows up, oh my goodness. Uh, what uh, what a that, that's such that a is. staple in these movies too. Like it's just like his appearance is a, is a bit later, and it's just kind of like a, this big showy sort of thing. And and the last one we talked about, World's End, was just like a bunch of different versions of him, and they have to save him from the afterlife. And it's like then once they get him back from the afterlife, it's okay. Now the movie can start. We got Jack. Jack is on board. <laughs> like or it's like. Some... He's such a headliner, you know, like anything that happens before oh. that is just like opening act, warm up, and I like get the crap. And then like he knows, and it's like, it's it's like when you see a concert and like the headliner is going to go on and they take so fucking long to set up their stuff and the roadies got, and you're like, oh, they have to change the drum kit. Really? You know, like it takes forever to, for him to show up, you know, and then he, you know, swaggers into the movie like, hey, whatever I do, you guys are going to love it, you know, because I'm late. Oh. He's such a rock star that that Jack Sparrow. Yeah. I mean, it, it, oh my God! Yeah. It works for 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 his character, but you, yeah, we talked about the the cold open where a child uh, drowns themselves to sink to the bottom of the the ocean. Really it's like, weird. Yeah, it's definitely like catch. I mean, that's all these another thing. <laughs> another staple staple of these movies is like cold opens a child that are. Dying? <laughs> This is well, almost yeah. There was another one where a child dies at World's End, but they're like these dark, kind of like or, like open cold opens before the movie starts. Um, but this one, yeah, drowns and then lands perfectly on the Flying Dutchman, where my premonition about Will Turner becoming an octopus man from At World's End an episode kind of came true, Brandon. Yeah, it that did. scene that it, we that I mentioned the last we I, this last episode I I was joking like well yeah what if Will Turner comes back as an octopus man to see his son is just like ah, hi son and it's right. like that's the opening the scene of this movie close. close they didn't have the balls or Orlando didn't like it I mean also yeah. Orlando is a better looking person than Bill Nye so I mean they're just oh, like yeah. are we gonna are we gonna CGI Orlando Bloom's face come on you're really gonna cover his face in weird <laughs> you're, kind yeah, of weird you know like this this face, the reason why he's here <laughs> this face yeah. right here we're so still, they, they we're give still him like a little bar, like a little barnacles yeah you know almost like a face tat no. Yeah, but like they're still getting their money's worth out of his face. Yeah. You know, like they're like, we still get like 90% of his face on yeah. screen. Mm -hmm. I would just love somebody's reaction being like, oh my God, he's ugly now. <laughs> what have you done to <laughs> Orlando? What did you do to Orlando? His, his agent just like, this is diluting the brand. This was a mistake <laughs> for you. What have you done? You're a, you're a sea monster. Now you've become one of them. Why wasn't, now I'm thinking, why wasn't Stellan Skarsgård in this movie at all? Stellar Skateboard. 
Oh, great question. I have no idea. Well, because remember... Orlando's barely even in it. Yeah, it's and true. Kira Knightley is, is in this movie for, I don't know, a grand total of three minutes. Yeah, that was a half-day shoot with <laughs> That's Kira. Half day shoot. <laughs> and it also looked like it was completely CGI, even that island. Yeah, they weren't even in the same room. It was like, yeah, yeah. she was in a, in a room in fucking Burbank and then for yeah. half a day. And then I was like, okay. Well, she was walking go. up from They nowhere, just did it like, over <laughs> Zoom. She's like, oh, yeah, I'm like. I'm in the Mediterranean right now. I'm not coming back for this. And they're like, just do it over Zoom. Do the digital background. Right. We find Here, out later uh, the, the same technology they used to de-age <laughs> Johnny Depp. <laughs> they just recreated her all together, kind of yeah. like a Leia and Star yeah. Wars situation. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. But, just like uh, to Irishman. Go <laughs> to go back to this cold open, uh, I yeah. think this was the first moment that I was like, when he jumps off the boat and lands directly on the Dutchman, this was the first moment that I was like, uh, of a long string of moments that I was like, okay, what? How, how, he just jumped off his boat, and then there was another boat directly underneath, and he knew that? Yeah. How? So, so yeah. What did he miss? It, up, it sets it up a little bit. So he's been ostensibly living in a lighthouse by himself with no parents at, I don't know, 13 or 11 or whatever. And he's got like all of these kooky madmen shit going on in that lighthouse. Yeah. The Pepe like, Sylvia oh, vibe. You know? <laughs> <laughs> a bunch of notes and like creating diagrams and having charts and stuff. And so you just, I guess are to assume that he's like triangulating where his father's going to be oh, at man, that particular yeah. moment in time. And it's but, just like, again, and, it, it's just like some, like, like a lot of action movies in this franchise in particular, it just makes you think, so what if he missed? Okay. Like the, then he would just die. It's like microscopic. You're just right. like, oh, okay. Well, fuck. The, the weight of what's really going on in the scene is like totally right. just overlooked. They're like, okay, and, this is a child and <laughs> triangulating data somehow. Um, and he's going to like take this life gamble and it works. And it's like, that's a big, that's a short film right there. That's bringing, but they, bringing they just, you into the movie. Like, they just speed up past it. And there's just one kid by candlelight at 13 years old figuring this shit out. Yeah, let's. Yeah, because then, then like he turns out to be like not that character, you know, as an adult. Like, it's not like he's the guy who's like, I'm going to figure this shit out. Give me the documents. I'm going to like, see, you know, like that's not. That's who more he his is. counterpart. Uh, I forget. Yeah. yeah Wait for that. Or, yeah. That's a Karina job. That's you know? a Karina, Karina move. move. Yeah. To triangulating <laughs> the stars and everything. That, that, that's yeah. a horologist. <laughs> yeah. She's a horologist. Yeah. <laughs> Galileo. Uh, <laughs> Oh, it brings I I enjoy that actually. Like the because that's what the Pirates movie at its best, in my opinion, is where you're incorporating myths, legends, and history into this like more fantasy world, right? So when I you know, when she talks about how she has again, relatively young to know all of this stuff, but whatever. He's triangulating stars, and then she's really interested in finding a way to Again, what is really so her goal is to find her father? Is that what it is? Or what is like simply her goal in this? I, I get what it becomes. Yeah, why does but, she need the trident to find her dad? Right. That's what I was. Yeah, that. she's trying to solve her history, her past, and why she's an orphan and just mm -hmm. and just kind of coming to terms with that. That was her, her only thing that was left to her was this journal with this gem, red gem on top of it, just Galileo's journal. And she like devoted her life to astronomy and horology and uh, <laughs> to uncover her whole history, which 
her character comes in just right off the bat as a witch and then is how everyone Very describes capable, her. Though. And then she also is, I don't but know, I, the, the thing that she's so in tune that she even approaches, this is going a little bit ahead, but approaches um, Henry at like the nursery ward or whatever. Yeah, and like she knows, like, who, she knows he is. who he is. And knows so that, he's this experienced is what, this thing and like is, is yeah, really is interviewing about him. Whereas like she knows yeah. a lot of what's going on. Yeah, she's so like easily the, the most capable character in this, but which easily. brings, I think, to a egg, like a main sort of like <laughs> logical inconsistency with her motivations as a character, which is like, this is a fucking roundabout way to find your dad, dude. Like, <laughs> a, like astrology cool. and like doing all this, like, you know, like, like legend chasing and tracking. She tracked down this, this Henry guy. She could like right. track that. Like, why can't she just take to the streets and find her dad? You know, ask around. Like, do the detective sure. work on land. You know, like, what's with the stars? It doesn't it's make just, sense. It's just like her pa her passion. I don't know. It's her passion, man. It's just what she's like. She's she's her only thing I, that she's able I, to uh, devote herself to in her upbringing. But I, I totally am, know what you mean with like her motivations and her insertion into the plot mm -hmm. and even you know henry turner's motivations are very very clearly stated at the beginning so much so that i feel like they're so embo clear. emboldened never to mention it again it throughout again. the whole fucking mm -hmm. movie is like right. that's what I this movie is about is it's well i think the reason is and brandon you'll know this it's essentially dead man's chest except will turner is taking davy jones spot as that role and they don't want him to be a villain so it's just like we and they don't want him to stab his heart, which is what Dead Man's Chest is about. It's like his heart is locked in the chest, and you got to stab it. Mm -hmm. Don't want to do that, so they got to come up with another item mm -hmm. that's magical item and add more, ascribe more importance to this fucking compass that it can do even more than just find what you want. It's like this, it's this goddamn compass, dude, man. It's gone through so many phases okay. of, totally of its, can of you its guys, possibility. I'm jumping all over. Can the place. you guys? Yeah, can you guys explain the compass to me though? Because it oh, seems like that was early. an earlier oh, oh. thing. It, this movie made it difficult because it's different re, every movie they reintroduce more capabilities almost that this compass has mm -hmm. because like so fundamentally the compass is introduced as in the first one as just jack's compass only he really gets it but it doesn't point north it, it points it doesn't, towards, it doesn't point it north. Point towards, it's towards the treasure of eyelid eladir muerte or whatever muerte. Mm -hmm. which is where that the uh treasure that curse Barbosa is, and that's it. Like that's all. It's, and that's, that's all. It's, it. Yeah, absolutely. So that's it. it. We just, as an audience, understand that Jack understands the compass. Then we realize that it points towards the where the uh, island is. That curse Barbosa. That's where they all turned into like skeleton ghost pirates. Then the compass comes back in the second and third one as it points to what you desire most. So then the compass starts having this, there's an issue with the compass because Jack doesn't know what he wants. And so there's this like whole kerfuffle of like, this compass isn't working. Where are we going? What are we doing? Why isn't the compass working? Then it's almost like Jack gains his virility. And then he's like, I know yeah, what I want now. That's exactly now the, what it's like. And, and now the compass is pointing due north like my hard cock or whatever. Well, there's a there's then, also a scene in that movie where he's like, 
jealous of how big Barbosa's telescope is. And so he fashions <laughs> himself an even bigger telescope. And he's like, well, look at how big my telescope yeah. is. Yeah, like, yeah. Si sidebar, the sense of humor of this movie is, like, 13 years old on the dot. Like, uh, it's... Oh, my God, yeah. especially the horology stuff that we e Either that or, or either like, that or it's, like, it's, like, a, it's like a, dad, a dad sense of humor. Like, yeah, it's, like, yeah. it's sort of, like, mm -hmm. it's wordplay and, like, dirty jokes. Like exactly yeah, like, yeah. I, I, but you know what? I will admit I chuckled a little bit where they're like uh, something about what is she good at? And, and then it was like talking about like the what is it? Oh, I'm fucking it up. But like she's better horizontally. Oh, like horizontally oh, yeah. reclined, not like yeah. something inclined. inclined. Yeah, yeah. 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 And yeah. yeah. There was there was this one that they said in the fourth one that Johnny Depp said to Penelope Cruz as he spoiler alert strands her on a desolate island. Um she's like, You don't really uh you're not really gonna do this, like you love me and all that stuff, and he like turns around at her and he says, If you had a sister and a dog, I'd choose the dog. <laughs> Yuck. <laughs> Big wolf. <laughs> No pun intended. walks away. But there's this other. There's this other. There's a couple of those in the in this movie. There's a too. lot in this. I feel like there is. Um, like, oh, it's it's yeah, funny, and, and and I feel like this is, you know, maybe it's getting ahead or getting scatterbrained with it's it. Fine. But I kind of feel like the decision to make, you know, to make Karina this like very capable, smart, strong female, somewhat lead character who is also interested in STEM feels to me a little shoehorned into a movie that is otherwise dominated by a very male vibe, you know, yes. that it's kind of like, it's like a, a buttress against, mm. oh, but it's, it's actually a pro women movie. That's kind of it's, what it feels like. It's, it's like totally. Disney as a company being like, you can't, you can't cancel us because of this, you know? It's, so, it's somewhat refreshing, but I also know what you mean where it also some somewhat seems pandering. And especially when this conversation started with like, what is her motivation and why is she involved with everything going on? It does feel like uh, mechanically inserted in, in a way that isn't as natural. And it's like it's, it's a pirate movie that now has a woman in STEM as like one of the main things. And I feel like mm -hmm. the sense of humor is a good indication of like, what's the real identity of this movie? It's like, it's like made by older men to entertain, you know, you know, young boys. And it's kind yeah, of like, that's sure. the feel that this thing really has. So that's why I think it's, I don't feel like there's heart in it, you know, in her, her story, you know? Totally. Yeah. And, and it's, it's one of the weaker yeah. parts, her and Henry Turner's part, parts in, within this or even though it's like the main thrust thrust of it all their chemistry and, oh, and them together i i don't know i it was it was just uh but also yeah also like look at henry turner right um and then look at karina and karina's the better character the more interesting character uh, uh, like henry notice henry so. gets to be the protagonist they're both looking for their dads but we don't start with her why right. why can't she be the main character <laughs> Cause it's like Ray, it's kind of like Ray. It's Ray from Star Wars. I don't know. That's kind of what it what it reminds me of. Oh. And then where it's just like you just they they're expecting you to make assumptions about where things will lead. And with him, I mean, with Henry to a certain extent too, where it's like, oh, well, you've seen Dead Man's Chest. He's got to do the thing to save Will, and let's just move forward with with this movie. And 
they it's such a case of they want their cake and they they want to have their cake and eat it too. It's just wanting too many things. They want to come up with a new self-contained story, but they also want to lend themselves to prior things that have happened in the past. The the move of bringing Will Turner's son into it and then having this whole thing about, oh, I don't know my last name. I don't know who my father is. was just such like... I just said Rise of the Skywalker before too. It's such a Palpatine sort of fucking thing. Mm-hmm. And I know Palpatine hadn't even happened yet, but just like that... I hate how small this fucking world feels when it should feel like big and expansive and all sorts of characters are going to come in. It's just like, oh, I ran into my daughter. Oh, I ran into Jack Sparrow again. It's like, oh, there's this world is tiny. <laughs> like They just keep running totally. into each other. Like, I'm, well, to be fair, the Caribbean is not that big. Yeah, yeah that is it's, true. If we yeah. are limited to the Caribbean, you know, there's only so many places you can go. Can oh. I get, go back to the compass real quick too? I know this, and this will maybe lead us to the main setup of of the movie, um, because this is what Jack Sparrow does, and then we can, I don't know, maybe get into more who Salazar is. But one of the other rules of the compass that said, as if like almost matter of factly, and you're supposed to know it in this movie. But someone says you betray the compass and it releases yes. your greatest fear. Yeah. And I had to write that down because it was just like, huh? What? This yeah, thing has well, been around yeah, for I'm... so long. And then, okay, so what? Ha- so he oh, like leads God, yes. he leads Salazar into the Bermuda's Triangle, and then Bur- he gets like blown up and turned into explodey ghost men. Um, but why in the in the hell in the fuck <laughs> does the this sailor. have anything to do with the compass? And why He's just did, twirling like, it as if that was the, the game changer there. Me and my no, compass. We, right. So what we are supposed the to compass because it led to the end to like, that's what you should yeah. do is send him into the. So the compass is like yeah. uh, an advisor calling the shots yeah. in that scene. Right. Because what happens yeah. is, is so that's the only reason you know. he's alive is because of the compass. Uh, yeah, I guess. But it's not so, pointing to what he wants. It's pointing to like, here's what you should do, Jack. Yeah. You know, it's like, that's a different thing. Like. <laughs> It's very no, convoluted, right. isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it is. absolutely. But it's also again ascribing powers to the compass that we've seen through all these movies. That it's like, where? Do, why now? What? Oh, because we're in a movie. That's why this is happening yeah. now. But like this, so it should have been something that was like uttered in the beginning of it, or maybe even included in a plot point in in previous movies of like because there. Jack has betrayed people. Like, why not include the power of the compass in some effect there? It doesn't have to be as grandiose as summoning, you know, an undead ship to fight you. But I mean, that kind of shit happens and it has happened. But what I'll, uh, what a point I want to make about the compass is, is that first off, Jack relinquishing the compass to me was so interesting because it like kind of, it was representative of the state of Johnny Depp right now with the trial and like where we're at with him and his career is that, you know, this compass has been kind of a, a a big deal to say the least in these other movies. And he just gives it up for a bottle of rum, just like, and very doesn't really think about it and just goes, 
okay, yeah. Here, oh, I don't have any money. Do you want to give me the rum? And he's like, no, you got to give me something. And then he's like, okay, here, take the compass. And then it's just really like not thinking about it. There's not a, you know, more thought. Maybe, you know, Jack kind of thinks about it a little bit. He's just like, okay, yeah, I'm going to give you the compass. And the second he sends it down and betrays the compass, that then breaks the seal that Salazar has been in this like undead world that he's been in, like stuck in and allows him to go pursue Jack. And that's what happens when he like betrays the compass by setting it down and giving it to the uh, barkeep for a bottle of rum. Yeah, I do. I do. I, I think that's a good point. I feel like there is something somewhat meta about Johnny Depp in this movie. Absolutely. In that, like, I remember from the first movie, the character of Captain Jack Sparrow being charming and smart and kind of like genuinely kind of cool. I mean, roguish, but like Whoa, definitely sort sure. of like like, oh, you know, he had good lines. He had like clever stuff going. I remember that character of like he's a cool, enviable character. By now, he doesn't even say anything cool. He's just literally just <laughs> bumbling around like an old drunk. Old literally drunk. just like he's Oh, my hapless. God, man. It, totally, man. And I wrote it in my notes and I was like paying attention so closely about like, is he going to really, you know, because now we've been granted the kind of like uh, it being shortened in experience between these other movies to seeing this. And it is just such a incredibly noticeable difference in how lethargic, how mm. propped up he feels a little bit. And mm. then, and it just there, like I almost was like noticing during there's, you know, it's really quite an extravagant and I want to just start, you know, commend the movie to a bit, you know, cause I'm sure we'll talk about its shortcomings, but I want to commend the movie that there are some really incredible action sequences and there are visually parts of the movie that are amazing and stunning where you're just like, Oh wow, this is very cool that this is happening visually. But it just was so, uh, something I noticed is like, you kind of like see that, you know, Johnny Depp is like, kind of fixed in these spots and he doesn't have to move and there's a lot just happening around him and it just seems so on rails where he's like i just have to like sit here and say lines and then all of this like explosions and mm -hmm. things will happen to me and then even when he's running there were moments when he's like running away from stuff where i was like those guys could like totally catch up to him. He's not running. <laughs> he's yeah. just like, you know, meandering a little bit. Of course, he's got his hands like this. He's kind of yeah. doing this, but it's like, you're not really going that fast. That, that's and, the thing. It's like, if, if, if he is the rock star headliner, which he very much is in this movie and mm -hmm. this franchise, it, he's the kind of rock star that you go and see him and you're like, oh, they've, uh, they're a little past they're, it now. They're past yeah. it. And that, well, I'm, that's what I was wondering is like, what is better? And I think there's different movies within this series that exemplify different sides of it is like, do you want Jack Sparrow to be the main character? Or do you want him to be this more the side sort of, yeah, like roguish Oil. sort of uh, wild card that's going to, you're not really sure what he's going to do. Foil's a great way to put it too. Um, and I'd love to see think, them like Luke Skywalker him out, you know, where it's sort of like he's around in the universe of it, but he's not the main guy. Yeah, that's what I mean. If they are going to make any more, that's what it's going to be. Or my other like guess would be well, they, do, they, do, they do like a, <laughs> they do like a fucking origin story called Sparrow or some shit like, oh, Sparrow. Oh. And then it's like fucking Harry Styles is fucking. Yeah, somebody <laughs> else does the 
acting. You Jack know, Sparrow like, and yeah. like a young Jack Sparrow where he doesn't have to be de-aged. They just get like another, another. Very much like Bond. It. You know, you just like Pat, just get somebody else to do it now. Oh, you know? I know. Like, yeah. Just right. Or he's yeah, gonna, I mean, he could do something else within the, the universe. But yeah, I was just like in the, that's what I was kind of struggling with. Like the fourth one when I watched it was a little bit more of him as the main character. He's just kind of the main character in that one. Mm, sure. And this one, he's kind of the side thing to another sort of analog to Will Turner and Elizabeth Swan in their own ways. Like I, they're not necessarily the same characters. They have different attributes. Um, and what's sure. Karina has a lot more to do, I think than Elizabeth, Which I but like, like, that's yeah, they, not, I think they, but I think it is like kind of a, like a, a self-correction and like, Evan was totally. saying like almost noticeably so <laughs> they're trying to correct no, certain things yeah. that they it's, maybe it's, fucked up in the past. Yeah, my beef with it is not that she's a good character. It's just that it's kind of like the, you know, it's kind of like it's such a direction change from what's obviously the like the identity of who's really like making decisions in this project, you know, totally. and like who's, who's get really getting saying, the screen yeah. time and the money and like all the you know, it just kind of feels like it's disingenuous or it feels like it's sort of like an optics move and I want it to be mm -hmm. more than that. You know what I mean? Like I think it should be more than that. Totally. And I would then say the way to make it seem more than that is, is that, you know, Henry Turner has more to do. Other people have more agency and things to do so that everybody seems on the level. And there isn't just a stark contrast between Henry Turner, like and James, I'm glad you brought it up. And I made a note of this myself. It's like, we are told exactly what he needs to do really early in the movie. And then, so the rest of the movie, it's just like, well, he's kind of along for the ride. It's very similar to the previous movies where they just have this thing of like telling you this person has to go do this thing. He's the hero. He's going to go do it. Yeah. And there's but not, he's a, he's a himbo. Why is he right. the hero? Like it, his, the character is like, he doesn't, he's, he's a whack character and for, mm -hmm. but like, why, why do we start with him? Why is it his movie? It doesn't make sense. I would have loved so much and like a better casting of that. Cause it was just uh, I, another, I think, and uh, uh, at least this is how I feel about it is it's like he was cast because he kind of would looks like Orlando Bloom. Like there's this weird, like we kind of have to make, if he's his son, we can't just, mm -hmm. cause like a better casting would be like, put Tom Holland in that role. That would have been great. Like give him more snappy, fun things to do. He's got like a sense of agency. Like I'm really struggling with the fact that I haven't grown up with a father, but like, let's fucking get this done and do this and this guy the guy that they cast is like just kind of a vanilla bloom of it all where and we like talk, orlando talk, bloom's pretty vanilla too talked about i, I think yeah there's like there is somewhat of like a generational <laughs> you know inheritance there of sort of like yeah you're sure. you know just a good looking guy who just kind of plays just nothing you know I, you're just standing there well, like, yeah he feels like a little bit more rough around the edges he's like no i fucking cast off high society and my mom elizabeth wanted me to grow up just a normal child not put myself into a pirate's life and all this stuff but i fucking went and moved into the lighthouse and studied old folk <laughs> tales and became an grubby little sea dog and tale. he's just every folktale james he makes a point of it he says i know, I know every folktale i'm a master of all folktales and all sea monsters i i must tell you you cannot go into the devil's triangle no sir and he's telling Faramir this right because that no is, these are the guys because he's the only one like the, the that's left alive captain, on that one which he's kind of like what what did these things is gonna happen you know what i mean like that's 
Oh that, my god, yeah. You're like can't yeah. do that. And he starts like that's not gonna work. Punching the fuck out of all of them. He's just like, <laughs> fuck you, fuck you, get the fuck out that, of me, man. Okay. Oh shit. This character is so inconsistent. You oh know, like god, yeah, yeah. It's he, atrocious. He's this scrappy autodidact who's gonna like absorb <laughs> all the legends of the sea. And then he's like gonna literally throw hands with the British army, like at like a drop of a hat, just like, oh you don't wanna do what I wanna do? Let's fucking go. And then like, oh, my books talk and then martial all arts as well. And then all of a sudden, like, now you get him in the context of all of these bigger personalities and much more well-defined characters, and he just shrinks. Shrinks. <laughs> <laughs> he comes on practically non-existent because Pretty he's much. so far, he, he can't hang whatsoever where you have, yeah, wonderful talents. Like, again, I don't, we don't. I don't think any of us would say that like Jeffrey Rush or like uh, Gibbs or um, who are some other like, yeah, like those are great characters and really big characters and they're doing good work in here. I know. Yeah, I, I guess I was really apprehensive to say, do I like Javier Bardem in this? Because again, <laughs> you're like, I, I like Javier Bardem. I do like Javier <laughs> yeah. a lot, but man, he fucking yeah. kind of blows in this movie. Do you blame him? Just... No, I don't blame him, but I do... no. no. Well, I do blame him because obviously he is bringing something to the table and people aren't reining him in or aren't saying like, okay, or, or maybe it's just the dialogue. Maybe, you know what? He's a consummate professional. He comes in, does the work and leaves and he's, an, an, you know, a great actor. Cause like, I love the way, like, he is a scary person. Like on paper, you go, who are we going to get for a villain of the pirates movie? Javier Bardem has got to be. Yeah. Easy pick. Easy. Yeah. And you want to know, you want to know how he got it? How? He was on set for pirates four. Cause wifey was in the movie. Oh, wifey is in the movie. Oh, is and he, wifey he, made a movie. Um, is he still, in the, is he still together with her? Do you know? I think, I think so. I think they were at the uh, awards show, the most recent one, because I think it cut to them. Because I didn't watch the Oscars except for all the Will Smith cl clips and stuff. But I think <laughs> I saw like him and her there because he was in the uh, Lucy and R Ricky Ricardo. Oh yeah, movie. sure, I sure, sure. He plays uh, Ricky Ricardo. Babalu. It was really, it was really weird when Salazar said that uh, to get your get his wife's name we, out of his fucking mouth. Here we go. Uh, or out of out of their mouth. Oh, <laughs> yeah, but anyways. <laughs> <laughs> but I, yeah, I seriously like that. His character in this was so weird. It was like it was so, it, to like, me. There was like yeah. no All like hinged, like Nicholas Cage level shit. I'm just like I'm gonna just be this. I'm gonna I'm gonna sometimes have a limp and walk on two feet. Sometimes I'm gonna be this big guy. That's like yeah. You think I don't was, know who's like, to blame? I don't know if this is a writing thing, a directing thing. But it was so funny to watch because it was like this is stupid. It's <laughs> like this yeah. character is so goofy. It's kind of like everything. <laughs> just throw everything that sticks to the wall and just and just keep it. And it didn't really have much of a through line. I, and I feel like if because what he's part of what are the Spanish Armada or like the the span like and they're just rounding up pirates and shit. Just but gotta vent that out for them. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. There was added some sort of like the way that he did things would have like a little more sense of propriety or something in even in his ghost form. But he just seems like a maniac, and it's like he yeah. doesn't really. He's kind of lost all sense of that. And then his costume, while it looked pretty cool in the ghosty form, 
it looked pretty fucking stupid in like normal yeah. everyday life. It like went back. And it had this weird like. It had the jacket was was kind of fine. The jacket was like, kind of okay. Like marching and band. Then, look, yeah, yeah, like the little under thing was like a marching band, little tassel button things. And I was like, this looks fucking stupid. Yeah. Um, and it just was. Didn't he didn't have a hat. You know, it was just, yeah. I don't know. Maybe it was historically accurate to the Spanish Armada at the yeah, time. Maybe. I don't know anything I about costume. <laughs> like, I doubt it. Hey, it's but, just, that doesn't seem like something they're paying attention to. But but like the, the, the ghosty form of him had so little in common with like the human form of him. Yeah, totally. Totally. You nailed it. Yeah. Because I think there was like, there's no that connective tissue and like there's something to like latch onto with him where like, Again, and one of the staples, as in a Bond movie, is the villains in these movies is like, okay, we got fucking Barbosa, fucking he rules, and then you Fast and Furious bring him into the fold, ride or die style, and then you know, like the like Blackbeard was was the last one, and then Davy fucking Jones, and you know, it's just like there's that's kind of part of it, and with this one, it's like, what? How does he set himself apart enough and? All it is really is revenge and the, and the higher purpose of like, I need to kill all pirates is just kind of like lost in the mix a little bit. It's just totally, you know, and it yeah. also seems like a repeat some of it of the past, like fishy little monsters in the second and third one. And then the skellies in the first one, it seems like just a more empty version of some of those things. It's like, how does it really set, yeah. it, set itself apart? Some of the effects are kind of, interesting but uh i don't know you guys i think you guys mentioned the hair was annoying i like i like a lot of the effects because i mean i mean i don't know we just just watching this like the whole yes the hair thing that's a whole different story that looks like dog shit but like (laughs) it was like the frame rate of the hair it was like moving in slow motion and everything else was normal and it was like why they wanted it to appear like it was underwater i feel like it was like constantly underwater even though it was totally not oh my god and but why who cares like (laughs) importance that that's you know. like that that was like it must have been a hill somebody died on that yeah. Yeah. easily cost like that i don't cost know so much money thousand dollars that cost this, so much this movie cost like what 200 million dollars oh to make oh my god enormous amount of money enormous yeah. yeah and i'm sure like a million of that was johnny depp's wine budget <laughs> probably <laughs> but like Sorry. the but like Fuck that, yeah, no, don't apologize. That was sick. <laughs> <laughs> um, the un- <laughs> Spend way too much on wine. Let's be real. I mean, come on. <laughs> Can I stop drinking this prop rum and go back to my trailer and drink wine? <laughs> Expensive wine. I just drink wine all the time. That came up on TikTok. I don't know if you guys are fans of. Oh, is that? Uh, I, th- I, think I think you, you should, should leave. leave. I fucking <laughs> love that. I, love I can't so even watch a movie without a big <laughs> pour of wine <laughs> and popcorn and popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> can't we review i think you should leave like yeah i got nothing but good things to say about it. i think you should leave. oh my god that sketch show is the fucking funniest thing i have ever seen yeah but uh keeping this on the rails um yeah i felt like the, the ghosty effects the whole that whole backstory and the whole bad guy in this movie really yeah. being salazar well for one too many bad guys okay there's like there's you know the british 
army, they're the or the British Navy, they're just around, but they're like not really a threat. Um, then you got yeah. Barbosa is kind of a bad guy, but not really. Like you can kind of see there's like limits to it. Um, and then you got Salazar, and he's like the big bad guy or the main bad guy. But we you, we don't need like three different bad guys, you know. Like just keep it mm-hmm. lean, you know. Like like I don't know. You would not then, like, like the, you, gotta, you gotta feel bad. Yeah, you got to feel bad about Faramir, right? Like that, because he's a great actor. He was doing pr- some pretty solid work, but all of that is just so like, who cares? Big fat, who cares? Because there's not in the, uh, you know, two and three, you start like building up the uh, East India Trading Company, and there's like this more historically rooted, uh, bigger economic play that's happening that is pressing in on pirating because obviously you know the army the trading company they don't want their ships of goods to be pillaged and uh, swashbuckled so there's that element to it which is interesting for sure but in this like pig fat who cares you know what are they doing they're always just chasing they're just right. that's all they're doing. They're just always behind the eight ball chasing something. Like, yeah, they're not gonna make another like Bennett, which was like the big big guy that represented them in the in the second and third one was like the He was short in stature, but, like, but yeah. I'm sorry, the little little <laughs> tiny little tiny Bennett. Okay, you, I, you know I, I feel but, like but the, Faramir, the British... I, I don't know, that guy's got that guy's got range, that that actor. I don't know. Ooh, and this Faramir is like a cool, like kind of soft spoken <laughs> hero, and then he's in I kind of like Van Helsing. It's like it is what it is. I guilty, love Van guilty Helsing. pleasure of guilty yeah. Van Helsing, and he's kind of like a nerdy little Igor yeah. kind of guy that's running around all like mousy. And in this one, he's like a stand-up, like uh, kind of bad guy. That's or he's like the you know very respectable British Navy sort of sort of dude, but he's like a prick. Um, I like him a lot. Like that guy, I like him too. But that that again brings up like, what is his motivation other than being a police officer? Yeah, so I'm gonna get you. He, I'm the hall yeah. monitor. The, 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 like, I feel like the British Navy has become is rele, like, relegated to just being like just a like a pest, like third place bad guy. Yeah, and it's like they they have this whole storm. They are the cops, vibe, aren't they? You know, where it's like yeah. you have an army, like two full rows of gunmen, and Jack Sparrow's standing there in the bank, and they don't hit him. They can't hit him. <laughs> you I mean, got two do, dozen. I mean, they have those musket rifles, so it's like you know those are really inefficient. But no, I'm I to well, me, you know, it's well, like they're well, so one, one guy leaves his, you know? he he. Uh, fucking is walking and he leaves his sword and gun on like the table when Jack is being prison breaked by uh, Henry Turner and he like walks up and he just like oh no a prisoner's escaped oh my and then he just drops his pistol and uh, sword on the table and walk like that's the one time you would it's, need that and then Jack like picks it up lazy. he's like oh I'll, I'll take this okay. and I was like uh, yeah. While we're on the subject, there's a part where they're dragging Jack through the prison, and he sees like his uncle. And then the, you know what the British soldiers do? They they bring him over to his uncle to have a conversation. <laughs> like they're props. They're like they are such ineffective bad guys in these movies. Like that's they're right. so like they but don't. Then, they're not even mean. God, thank God they did that because we get some fucking Paul McCartney acting. He's which awesome, I, man. He fucking rules. I, shit a brick when that happened i had no idea like i'm going into this for sure I, uh, did you know evan that, that that was gonna like he was in this movie nope 
Nope. Zero idea, right? When I didn't, I I didn't even, even, I didn't look this up besides to just download it or to like rent it on YouTube. I literally like did not look into this movie to see who a, these people are, and, like and what he, the, you know. He thinks that he's, the funny thing in this movie that you're able to have within a Pirates movie is like, he originally thought that character was Keith Richards, but no, it's Paul McCartney. And it's like such a fucking weird, funny thing to happen within a movie. It's like, oh no, that's not Keith Richards. That's Paul McCartney. What? <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> and he's a great actor. He's, I mean, he's even, he I don't know. He's, like, he, oh. he's got yeah. that lower kind of gruff voice. And uh, mm -hmm. yeah, I watched a little bit of the behind the scenes and apparently him and Johnny Depp are like good buddies and they like sure. got together like the night before shooting and had some wine that, Paul McCartney said and then he's like yeah I had this Uncle Jack that would tell jokes all the time and they're like came up with the joke to say which I thought was funny it's like a skeleton walks into the bar with a, a mop with the, with the mop yeah uh -huh. and then the uh -huh. one guy yeah. like just is like ah, ha, ha, like at the yeah, back yeah. And, yeah but that's just, that was like the one solid like joke of this movie to me was like that my <laughs> delivery absolutely not but you know it's yeah. it was i thought it was paul mccartney nailed it like on the page like it was yeah, <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. And it was like okay i i like that I the like best that. thing it's that was written was written beat. by paul mccartney the guy can still fucking do it he can write he can write a good Dude, line um, crush is it and yeah. he's like singing maggie uh maggie may on like behind mm -hmm. the scenes I was, well i mean i think that's what he's singing on the um in the movie it was kind of hard to tell but seeing him behind that scenes just like uh singing maggie may and johnny depp just being like oh this is so fucking cool and these two directors were like 14 when the first one came out and they're like oh my god we're nerding out right now we get to work with uh paul mccartney and uh they're just like these these younger dudes that got got to direct this one um yeah i was <laughs> It's incredible, like his acting capability, because he's obviously yeah. a musician. And I for mean, him to acted. come in, they've definitely acted. There's Beatles movies, in. sure, but that's that's not so much of being like a character. That's more of like you being in the movie and and you know being yourself or whatever. Not to say, I guess, that he's really doing it. Well, character. you know, that Yellow Submarine guys were kind of you know they were somewhat of a. <laughs> pirate crew you know or nautical at least this is true see we, yeah. he felt yeah he felt at home you know it yeah. was like a it's a pirate pirate to a, to water but, uh, but i genuinely feel like if you're paul mccartney you probably walk into everything like i i can probably do this you know like <laughs> yeah totally do. the director There's said that probably not many things <laughs> i can't so do fucking <laughs> like, and that's, that, you know what i'm glad you brought that up because i got that energy too where it's like Honestly, man, like the way that I was feeling about it, too, is like he could have sucked. And I probably still would have been like, nah, man, Paul McCartney, you he's got too much. He's got too much yeah. goodwill. You know, everybody just <laughs> likes him too much already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's a classic case of too much goodwill that you just. Yeah, it's hard to fuck it up. <laughs> like you yeah. just say, say the lines and, you know, yeah. Oh, man. I love that part. That was a highlight of the movie. Can you imagine if they like actually the end of did? Show. If they actually did want Keith Richards, and he's like, "I'm sorry, I can't do it today. Can, I got someone for you." <laughs> I feel like if they if this is a play and the cast comes out at the end and takes bows, it's Paul McCartney's going to get the most applause, you know, <laughs> oh, regardless yeah. of how anybody did in the show. It's just like he is who he is. Imagine just know? being but. that that person that everywhere you go like if you were to walk on stage pretty much fucking anywhere 
<laughs> they would just give you a bigger ovation than what was already happening. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You you bought a ticket to see a headliner. They play. Paul McCartney just happens to be in the crowd, stands up, bigger applause <laughs> than the than the person who's headlining and just played. <laughs> like, well, fuck. fuck. God damn it! <laughs> All well, right, back to the studio. Well, I guess let's talk about the rest of this movie because it's downhill from after <laughs> Paul McCartney <Yeah>. shows up. <laughs> 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 but his name is Jack. They're, they're really throwing, Jack. they're really throwing everything at this to be like, please just like it, you know? Like they're just, they're oh pulling God. out all the stops. They're this movie with house feels money, for sure. They're like they're, they it can, feels like a two hundred million dollar movie. Like you're looking at it and you're like, they just spared no expense. Yeah, and there's like no, a, there's effects that definitely look good and hold up, and then there's others where it's like, whoa, whoa, that's the breaks there. I, conceptually, I get what you're trying to do, and it's very inventive and creative and everything, but like, I can't even tell what the fuck is happening, <laughs> and like, right. yeah, you know. But even right. seeing like the bank disintegrate and crumble as it hits like that archway, as weird as it was seeing his face composite, Johnny Depp's face composited onto this like life, like this this body form. Some of that stuff is uh-huh. weird as far as human parts go, but the disintegration of that that bank looked really cool. And like, yeah, the underwater battles and some of that stuff conceptually was like, oh, this is like stuff I would want to see in a fun fun fantasy uh, pirate movie. Um, but I was totally. I was thinking yeah. like, they, I, I had this in my notes before it was revealed, but they when they kept calling uh, this is kind of just on a different tangent, but like when they were kept on calling Karina a witch, I was like. You know, in this universe, there could actually be witches. Like, yeah, I know this, sure. is, this is, is like a old, witch. I know and that's yeah. what was funny because I wrote that down before that was revealed. I was like, Oh yeah, I know this is like you know kind of kind of like old kind of England kind of stuff and uh, you know witches that witch scare and all that shit. But I was like, Well, in this universe, there's a lot of weirder things than witches. And sure enough, yeah, a witch shows up, and I was like, There are witches. <laughs> yeah. And then like she's what's up with so what's up with that head. character? yeah i no explanation i i can't i can't tell you her name um or like what oh the my god shanza 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 i wrote oh who is this shanza <laughs> yeah you know i thought that i thought sh- she was a pretty cool presence in the thing i was like she's got a yeah. look you know yeah. it's like i wanted I, to I'm, know more i'll buy it you know like this is cool but just like so many things in this movie it just doesn't have a lot of Explanation. Yeah, explaining things appropriately, that would be the whole fucking movie. It would be like literally, here's how this works. Okay, yeah. this is. You know. There's something there. Here's how, like... here's how a team of nine horses can pull a fucking bank. <laughs> Which we just got done explaining is like ear, like so heavy. So the structural metric. integrity of the building yeah. will remain intact, but the horses, these nine horses, <laughs> horses, will be able to drag it through the streets of town unscathed as a bank. Hey, um, man, I mean, if that can happen, then you can for sure have a fucking guillotine fucking loop-de-doo around like 20, oh, let's 20 times. That. Let's talk about that. And, and, that and, and not only that, but <laughs> a double execution where... They're getting executed in different ways at the same time. Like, come on down to the execution pit where we're doing it in all sorts of ways. You can have one person getting getting hanged and another person getting guillotined, and they're going to have a conversation. That's that's entertainment. 
<laughs> gone are the days of just hanging three people at once, like most movies would do. <laughs> like, we're going to do it on opposite sides. <laughs> I love that it was an option, too. They're like, would you like to get hanged in this new way that we, <laughs> that the French have introduced to the world? <laughs> it's like you get an option as a person who's arrested to be, to be executed. You're like, yeah, oh, yeah you know what? And then, of course, but we get that too. Is like, and they showed oh, de I'll decapitated heads in a Disney movie. I, I was kind of like surprised. I was like, "Oh, those are fucking heads in a in a crate in this Disney movie. Look at that." Mm. You know, it's sounding sort of like it, icky. Ooh, ooh, I don't want to yeah. be executed anymore. No, no, thanks. Um, yeah, but and there's also like importantly, there's no dread at all in that execution sequence because like that's if probably you've why even like that's why we keep it light. If yeah. you've even like literally just looked at the poster for a Pirates of the Caribbean movie, you're like, I know that the main people don't die in this. Exactly. Like I know for sure what's about to happen here. Somebody's gonna swing down on a rope. They're gonna throw a sword underneath and they're gonna get hanged, but land on the sword. You know, like it's just like it's so easy right. to. There like, is so much swinging in these movies. Like John, that's Jack Sparrow's Unreal. like main thing of just like swing. Like, oh, I gotta <laughs> escape this palm tree prison. Ooh, I'm gonna jump up here and swing over to the other palm tree. I'm gonna pull this tree down and fling myself across. And it's like always that's that's always the case. And yeah. Henry Turner has has learned the same thing. He swings down and. It's like a Wild West kind of movie. I don't know that those kind of things are fun. Like having an execution yeah. be be a foibled uh, yeah. Gibbs and the crew and and everyone like come and help out, and then they have like a battle and all that shit. All those useless redcoats are there. Um, that's one of the scenes. I don't know. I'm kind of jumping all around. What'd no, you guys yeah, think of I mean, uh, Barbosa in this movie? He looked sunburned as hell. Isn't that cool? Yeah. Didn't that seem like super real? Of like, yeah, if you're on a fucking deck of the ship, His eyes are like bloodshot, and mm -hmm. everybody's just like, I am burned as all hell. I loved how colorful everyone's clothes were on his ship. Like yeah. when it cuts at him yeah. and him vibing out in his ship with all his all his buds and the two Go guys from the first one. They, like, they really like they pimped his ride for sure. Like I his, loved it. There's a honky tonk. His like, ship was be... fucking. He had a baller. He had those judge wig. wigs on. Yeah, those wigs. <laughs> Loved that. And it's like he's just yeah, like Sherlin listening to like his own little chamber orchestra, and he's like just. Oh my god! I I was about that. So to get back to the plot a little bit is like so Barbosa has now created essentially like a chain of pirate, like a pirate organization. Meta. That is like that is yeah right it's it somehow it's somehow protected by the government so i i guess i'm just assuming that like at the end of the third one barbosa is allowed to operate as like a kind of a uh mercenary or a no he started uh, making crypto he started mining crypto too right that's what it is that's mm -hmm. what it is and he's yeah he was talking about his boat is going to be an nft yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. right. the black pearl okay. mm -hmm. see once yeah. you put it in a little bottle that's essentially a little right it's so like an NFT, well, it's kind of a token a of a ship. It's not a right. ship. Represents. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're gonna be so perfect. I'm glad you brought this up because I've been working on this for a bit. So Black Pearl is going to become a token. Okay. We're gonna be listing it okay. on uh the Ethereum blockchain mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then uh we'll come out and you guys yeah, I mean it's gonna be this it's gonna be something you wanna get a part of, yeah, for sure. Yeah, because, I mean, if there's one thing we've learned about these movies, it's that Black Pearl is, it doesn't go anywhere. It is a mainstay, stable element. Yeah. 
And if, and while we're at it, can we make Jack the monkey uh, an NFT as well? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Mm -hmm. sure. Yeah, I don't think Disney's going to have any problems with any of this. Nah. Because they won't. Because then they'd have to acknowledge that it exists. You know, the crypto, the the Black Pearl cryptocurrency, and they probably don't even want to go on record saying anything about it. No, but they'll be happy to make money off of it. I tell you what. But speaking of making money, Barbosa's <laughs> out there making some money. Making some he, serious cash. I love yeah. me he's that. Got, I like, love me some Barbosa. He's great. He's a great character. He's a great actor. I feel like yeah. he was he was the most convincing. Yeah, uh, for sure. that's what it is. Yeah. Like I actually believed his motivations, and the only times I felt anything watching this movie were from him, from his performances and his mm-hmm. lines. Yeah. Um, that was Absolutely. like as I just from an acting standpoint, like the only person I believe. I totally agree. Yeah. Almost everybody else just has this air of I'm in a movie. Where do you want me to go? <laughs> Over there? Okay. Uh, like <laughs> But he seemed conflicted. He was struggling, had mm-hmm. real issues with stuff that was going on. Mm-hmm. Things were people were telling him stuff and he was actually like as the character being like, Oh, okay, this is either frustrating, this was a victory for me, or I'm trying to get you one over. And like, yeah, dude, Jeffrey he was fucking But the things that he genuinely... wasn't expressing either were also like they're so subtextually executed yes, totally. and expressed mm-hmm. as well. Where what I don't know, his his drive and motivation throughout the movie like just hit home in a more clear, concise, concentrated sort of way. And I like do have to credit i think the acting um above all else because you can just see the pain and turmoil in his telling of the story when he's sharing his peg leg uh uh, flask which i think is great but him oh man him with with a peg leg is great too i love that i love that he's got a peg leg the sound design was really awesome too because you just there was a lot of yeah you you felt the weight of that peg leg and then he also ascribed so much body language stuff to it as well in that performance where he was really being weighted down and affected and moving slowly and all of those things and he likes yeah, to absolutely. ugly himself up I feel like he just wants or he just there's some sort of like thing. put it on yeah, yeah like put it on. Yeah. <laughs> He, he, he like clearly has no brand around like I want to look good on the f- movie. He's like just I want to look real, you know. Like, yeah. I want to look like I would actually look. Totally. When you look like Jeffrey Rush, though, that makes sense because it's not like he's gonna be the leading man. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> he goes to this yeah. place. Ah, oh, he just goes to this place where it's just so believable, and like he throws yeah. away these lines of like kind of big words that maybe you don't always say, but then some of the other actors would be like. There's this big fancy word that I want to pronounce and enunciate just perfectly. And he's just like, fill off the, the score line, you scabber dog, get on it. And he just yeah. like muddles it and you're just like, yeah, yeah I believe everything. <laughs> Whatever, I get it. I get it. Yeah. Whatever you're saying. Like, yeah. that's that's the kind of stuff that just, yeah, you trust him that he knows what the fuck he's doing. He knows the truth of the character and there's no sort of question in his mind of of what's going on and you already know what jack sparrow is going to do and at this point we already mentioned earlier but there's like moments where i feel like yeah people are just actively ignoring him <laughs> it's like i don't know he does that line where he said before where he's like does anybody see that because i will not be doing it again or I, I might be mixing some of these up with the fourth and fifth one but then no one like even acknowledges it and and he's becoming sort of like it's this it's becoming somewhat embarrassing like like he's becoming this character that is sort of like you know like that like 
I don't know, just think the guy is at a new sense, yeah, than anything mm -hmm. else. Right? You're just like, oh, let's put grandpa on the corner. Okay. Like, yeah, exactly. Let's exactly. Let, let him sit him. Let's sit him down because like, you're not going to be the one tackling this. You're the drunk now. And again, something I would point out too is, is like, it, it was so shocking to me how much time is spent as Jack being drunk as mm -hmm. We get introduced to him as he has to do the whole compass stuff and really then gets to like being on a ship and all of that is all him being drunk. And it just I kept cracking up because, again, to bring back the trial and stuff and, you know, all the things that and we he's sleeping, know, he's doing two things. He's doing two things. But what we know now of Johnny Depp is it's like Johnny Depp has gotten dumb amounts of money to play Jack Sparrow. And a lot of that, like, stupid amount of money he's been spending on, like, cocaine, wine, uh, buying an island, like, just, like, hanging out with his friends all the time, kind of fucking women, doing whatever he wants type of deal. And, yeah, like, it was hard not to, like not like to unsee that in this performance because there is such a like perf like really you know and i at times like i was thinking about this like so when you're working on a movie you to a degree and evan i would love to get your opinion on this like you want to kind of build this thing on rails of like people are coming in there's and doing a certain thing they're like more allowing the actor to just focus on specific like more of delivering the lines or like specifically just getting the scene like done or like like it's all it's like a job you know as opposed to this doesn't need to be some like indie shoestring budget where everybody's you know kind of bringing all of these things and no one's really like it, yeah there's a lightning in a bottle asp like or what would come out of that kind of environment there's more of like a nine to five aspect of this and it it shows though and it's and i guess the thing specifically that i want to bring and, re and i'm wrestling with is is like i get why you would want to work towards that and now thinking about it, it's like similarly to why I don't like Coldplay is like I get <laughs> Coldplay is making the music that they make is because like and I've talked to musicians who have had careers and are older now. And like as you get older, like you don't want to deal with, you know, sh shooting in conditions that suck ass or like, you know, th certain things aren't figured out. Like you kind of want to show up for work and not to say that you're going to do bad work because you're really capable at this point in your career. Like you can give a performance to relative T of what they need and what they want. But it was hard to at times where I'm like, ah, it just seems phoned in. You know, it just seems like I'm there. There isn't a drive or or, or anything outside of a paycheck. At I time. think there's like a positive aspect of that in certain ways where a lot certain people that showed up to set could feel comfortable coming back to a familiar situation. However, yeah, there isn't as much of a sense of urgency, like you're saying, or like a sense of like pushback. I, I feel like maybe from the direction and they were able to do what they wanted in not a very clear concise way in terms of like they didn't have it all figured out and they were open to collaboration which 
also has its merit as merits as well um, to certain people, like maybe uh, a Jeffrey Rush or something. But to someone who's Johnny totally. Johnny Depp, who is in that mm-hmm. situation, that is licensed maybe to just kind of do more of the same, you, you know. And I, I there is a, the the only difference I really saw in this one is he, he does these little like more his voice was like higher pitched in a lot of places. He, he was kind of doing. Maybe that's him, yeah, just being drunker in the character or in real life. I don't know. But his voice was his was just like getting more like, like a little more like cracked in, in certain places. And that was kind of like funnier and more witless and, and that sort of thing. But I like Evan was saying earlier, it's like it is kind of a, more of a husk of some of the things that you admire so much about Absolutely. Curse of the Black mm-hmm. Pearl Jack. And he is just kind of like... Oh, is that Elizabeth Swan over there? Is she looking at me? No, no. Oh, man. It's just like, he's just kind of, no one cares about him anymore. And that's just kind of like the life of a, of a solo kind of pirate. And yeah, I mean, at the beginning, he loses his crew. And it's just kind of, he's like not at his full strength in, in this movie either. Um, so that's just like not super, not as engaging as as someone who is that has that roguish charm and is getting shit uh done through his own ability and not kind of just figuring out i mean that's part of his thing too is figuring out as he goes but it's more of a more of a chore as as these movies have have gone on i feel like so much of the action sequences of this movie are they follow the, the essentially the formula of sort of like putting the character Jack Sparrow in these situations where like, how in the world is he going to get out of this? It's impossible, <laughs> right? And then he finds a way. However, I think when that's done, for the most part, writers do that and, and they have the character use their agency and their wit and their talents to get out of these impossible situations. In the case of this movie, Jack Sparrow literally just bumbles. Yeah. He uh-huh. falls upward every time like he literally just what what's going up whoa you know and it's kind of like he's just sort of like luck it's just luck he doesn't really do anything Mm -hmm. like actively and then they show young jack kicking ass de-aged version um that was a weird thing that was a weird scene yeah but it was it was weird for me too because there was a better energy and a more present energy out of a cgi jack than there was a normal like a and and i think that's that's a result of the fact that like jack's deterioration is it's it's part of the script it's narrative and it's meta Mm -hmm. it's johnny depp the actor right but it's it's not just the performance though and it's not just the meta connotation Mm -hmm. it's part of Part of it is written into this of like Jack Sparrow mm-hmm. doesn't he's not given anything cool to do. So young Jack, even if he was literally on a, com- a computer model, you know, even if that wasn't even a real guy, uh, he's doing things that suggest that he's cunning and that he's quick thinking and that he's courageous and cool. But the, f- and the, the foil in the first movie is kind of more like Will Turner and Jack. And it's like mm-hmm. what Will Turner could become if he decides to choose a life of being a pirate and this one, it is a little bit more Barbosa and him of being like, this is what we're, we're both like stuck in this life of being a pirate. and we're never going to do anything else. But in the same way I was saying earlier, it's like you give that material to Jeffrey Rush and he's just going to make more of a meal out of it in a more interesting, different dynamic way. And that dynamic right. quality is kind of lost 
a little bit with Jack. And you're so right where I think some of those earlier action scenes was him like, I've got this plan. I'm not going to tell you, but it's going to work out. Trust me. And this one is like, what's the, what the fuck is happening? And then all of a sudden it just right. kind of like, uh, just kind of works. Um, it lands in his lap. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. So yeah, it's, right place at the right time for him always yeah. mm-hmm. you know he's I, um, yeah he's in a movie so of course that's going to be the case yeah and i think there's just so many things making that the case in this movie you know like mm. the, the actor the performance the script everything about the way that this is done and like brandon like you said earlier in the conversation like literally the way that it's filmed contributes to that with like they're sort of like staging him to say <laughs> yeah. his line so they can get him out of there on time you know like it's <laughs> they're like they cut to that glory it, shot yeah yeah and i think it, it like I, I think it you know bring it back to the idea of like putting putting ourselves in like the 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 mindset of like you're making a movie right and so like can you capture these electric performances uh from an actor and how do you do that and some of it is like yeah being more scrappy or, or like putting yourself out there and in, in like uh resource constraints and stuff like that but that's really something that certain types of actors go for you know like a lot sure. of actors have this idea of like one for me one for them kind of thing of like mm-hmm. i'll do the hollywood movie get the big check and then i'll go do the weird indie film that's not going to make any money and nobody's going to see it but because i'm an actor you know like mm-hmm. and i feel like you could and james you're right that like you know you give us the same character of like this aging pirate to jeffrey rush and he's like he's just a better actor frankly at this <laughs> yeah. more interesting at this choices, stage in his least. career yeah. mm-hmm. you know yeah. like I, I you know i'm not saying anything about johnny depp earlier in his career but at this point he's phoning right it around in, like he is literally time too you know yeah right so it's like some actors are like they want to like if johnny depp had it in him he could take what they're giving him and go okay i'm gonna like really like put myself into this and like give this performance some depth and some sense of like self-loathing or regret (laughs) or like some sense of like sadness to all of this because like he's gone from being like han solo to now just being sort of like bojack horseman you know it's (laughs) like he's a tragic character well but i would just you know i would just say though that johnny depp's career has been choosing roles like that he was uh, like a hollywood bad boy he would be akin to a nicholas cage like the way he was incredibly good looking but chose like really weird and bizarro roles because he was more attracted to a punk rock actor lifestyle than anything mm-hmm. else and I guess that's why, like, he has the capacity in him to, you know, be weird, to enjoy the weirdness and to thrive in it. But now there just seems like, and I really oddly think so much of it is this is drinking. I guarantee yeah. you he was probably fucked up a lot of the time making these movies. And, you know, not like super fucked up, but probably pretty fucked up. And then they just like had to kind of, to your point, Evan, too, of like, they're writing the character like that to kind of like fit into what we're capable of getting Johnny Depp to do because we can't not have Johnny Depp be Jack Sparrow. So how do we write a movie uh, like, and how do we shoot a movie, set him up? Like all of these things start to become this like apparatus for this egocentric Johnny Depp who's just getting fucked up on cocaine and wine all the time. And they're like... (laughs) you know putting all these like padded walls around him and being like okay so go like if you fuck this up it'll be fine like just go and it 
yeah it it comes out in the performance because it just at times seems like weirdly lethargic and then also to the writing it's just he's not what is he it was kind of crazy to me that he doesn't really contribute at the end when we're having the you know uh when we're losing barbosa like when we're having like really you know in the in the part of a, this type of movie where people are going to fall off like really big moments and turning points are going to be had like man and that's to the point of like disney like you're not going to let jack sparrow die like he's your fucking cash cow but like i don't know any maybe you should have seen the writing on the wall or the tea leaves of like we shouldn't do more movies with Johnny Depp right now. Like we've gotten, we've made a lot of money. Let's like figure out a way to end this. And they just couldn't at all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. His, his purpose that he's served has just waned as these movies gone on, you know, even from like the third one, they just got to bring him back from the dead to even have him come back. And if anything, people just want to use him in that movie rather than have any, hear anything he has to say. They just want to like use his knowledge or use, like, because there's always some history that he hasn't told somebody, and this time it's it's the Salazar dude that is such a big yeah. fucking deal that it's just uh, another <laughs> another one of these another one of his little mishaps that he's gone on um, that you can just continue to add to, and yeah, and the whole thing with this movie, if we've even mentioned, is like the is the trident, um, and it d- removes all curses. It, it is it right. is like the biggest Deus Ex Machina fucking all fucking. It's got item. two things going on with it. Like, I, I don't know. It's just like these these yeah. every single time more and more things are introduced, you just get questioned like, well, what were the reasons why that wasn't in the earlier one? And it's like this right. Trident thing could have solved every single problem that they've run into up this thus far. And and, and, and now, if they make another one now, are there going to be no active curses? If you destroy the trident, how do you all? make more curses? I, mean, I don't know, Evan. I don't know. They were all. I, technically, you know. the Flying Dutchman is done. I mean, we should probably start getting closer to the end of it. I know that we didn't go. Oh no, just big whatever big chunks. I was going to say yeah. just if there's anything to say about the big underwater battle. I think was like a big a big uh, part, and then yeah, we can go through any other final notes that we have before. before I, I move yeah, on just. My, my main thing that I got to get out there before this conversation ends is there were so many times in watching this movie that I, I was watching it here by myself alone and paused it and said out loud in a room by myself, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Well, okay, give me an example like, of a, yeah, of a yeah, like that one the thing nice. The thing of all things to me is there's a part where Salazar is going to now inhabit the body oh, what a thing of to Henry Turner. Right. The last this is like fucking second. 11th hour oh Hail Mary. They're like, <laughs> this is like guys in the writer's room and they're like, and then how do we make, what? How does that make any sense? Because he can't go on land. And they're like, oh, he can just jump into another guy's he's body. He's a ghost. He's and a ghost. Like, Remember, he's a ghost. And that was a mo- like, there's so many times like that where I was like, this doesn't make any sense. Like, where was this? That's, Why are we hearing about that's this That's such now? a great example. Mine, mine for that was the island that was the reflection of the heavens. I was yeah. like, oh, what? This is the thing? Okay. Oh, yeah. mine, mine was similar, too, is, is that so... And, the, the and of course, the compass thing- being the, the crux of oh, a yeah. lot of this, but yeah. Yeah. So the thing that... Okay. 
So the island wasn't whole because it was missing her section of it. Yeah, they and walk that, over to that specific ruby that, of all the rubies, and she like ruby of all of them. That whole part was I was like, what, what, what? what? He couldn't. I was flabbergasted because I just thought like, obviously, like the will, like either the key is going to be set up more importantly, or that doesn't really matter. Like that's to get you there. We're gonna once we get there, we'll open up the and part the seas, and then we'll do the whole trident fight thing. But like, because oh, something we haven't mentioned on this podcast that I think we would be remiss too is, is that we eleventh hour again. Karina is Barbosa's daughter, and who Barbosa, got this journal? From Barbosa, right, who, who just stole it. <laughs> he just randomly fucking stole it. But those two things are inexorably fucking tied to and, the and, events of and, this movie. And Barbosa liked that journal that he stole so much that he got a tattoo of a constellation yeah. that he doesn't like, fucking understand. Constellation he doesn't uh, understand. It's so stupid. It was Galileo's journal. It wasn't his journal. Why does he have a tattoo of it? And also, too, that happens while they're swinging on a fucking anchor in the middle of the ocean. Are you gonna do family history shit while we're on an anchor that is through a parted sea in the middle of the ocean? Like, what the? Yeah, no, they're gonna have that tender moment of looking at each other. Tender moment. Oh my god, Dad. Yeah. Uh, who am I? Who to am I to you? you? Who treasure. Treasure. Dude, that's a, that was that was wedding during a maelstrom vibes. <laughs> like from the third one, they have a whole he he uh, ordains a wedding Barbosa, so he's used to he's used to that kind of that kind oh, of that shit. Like and and this is the, that and that moment for me was so many things like the just like the I feel like it's like a slot machine and just the seven 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 of like fucking stupid stupid stupid. Where it's kind of like the 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 third stupid was like the tattoo thing, and it's like ding ding ding. You found your dad. You don't need the fucking trident, Karina. What are you doing here? Why are you on this team? It doesn't make sense. But she's you don't. But she's also so cagey about her information and what she's doing as well that she doesn't want to share anything with them even at the risk of Henry Turner's death. Like Henry Turner's about to fucking die and they throw him overboard as like a prank. It was a goof. It was a goof. But it was she, a goof. she thinks he's going to fucking die. And she's like, I'm not giving you the fucking inf- information. And so what her, she has leverage, oh, but like, what are the stakes? Yeah. What are the stakes? What is her motivation? What does she want? What does she do? What does she not want? And uh, yeah, that whole thing about, what does he do? Is he rich like me? <laughs> is he but that putting the gem on the rock thing was just like there's so much uh, uh, importance ascribed to these certain things that just are out of nowhere. Like this is this has to happen now. This is how you do it, and this is the most important thing that's ever like happened. Like in to the us. moment, by in the, the way, moment, by yeah. the way, Jeffrey rushes over her shoulder, just being like, "Put the, put the gem <laughs> thing," and you're just like, "That's what needs to happen right now." Wait a minute. So this. And the thing is, is like the uh, just a visual for and the, the first uh, conversation that Barbosa like, has with her. Oh, sorry, <laughs> no. There's like there's a leather bound journal that has Galileo's writings in it that has been her whole persona. Like that's what her whole being is about. Like my dad gave me this journal, and that's what I'm going to base my entire life on. And there's like a gem, like 
melted yeah. into the front, but it's not like actually like in there. Yeah. And it just seemed like the craziest thing to me that if that gem would have just like, I don't know, over the course of 20 ish years would have flown off the, this non embedded journal, then you would have just been fucked. Like you can't put the, you can't put that piece back in the thing. So now you can't get into the, well, that was Barbosa's you know, plan. You didn't give a fuck about the journal. He's like, I thought that gem would have given you a nice life or a nice start. Yeah. I didn't even, mm-hmm. I didn't like even think day. about the journal. But right. also there's like a subtext that Galileo's been to this island because where'd the ruby come from? Yeah, there was this yeah, he, whole thing oh well, I wrote down about like so, about man, like Galileo. It was such like a national treasure <laughs> Da Vinci code like things were going around this time where like, oh let's take this historical thing like and make it like fantasy Wait a minute. F- fiction. This is twenty seventeen. We've Da Vinci code <laughs> was a little while national, back. What, what <laughs> was National Treasure Book of Secrets? <laughs> Like easily five or six years. Before. This that is, was a that was a Bruckheimer as well, those. I think. Right. So it was, I don't know. It's oh, just like it's, it's the Bruckheimer oh. thing thing, you know. Yeah, yeah. Oh. We can we can at least go along the thread of like it's like a Hollywood trope. It's like it's stupid shit that you can get away with. Okay. You know. What I want want to say before you know. Oh, here it is. Here it is. Oh yeah, he invented the spyglass to find the trident. That's why the spyglass was invented. So he, (laughs) Galileo, could be Poseidon. (laughs) Or could break a curse that we don't know anything about. Or break all sea curses. He fucked over a witch. He fucked a mermaid. (laughs) 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 It's the lighthouse all over again. Guys, we waited way too long in this conversation to start shitting on this movie because it deserves it. It (laughs) You know what? I love that, though, because I'm sure there's plenty plenty of fucking Disney heads out there that'll listen and be like, oh, I love this series. This is such a fun, you know, adventure. I love all of this. And you're like, yeah, there's I mean, you must be a fucking crazy person if the first one is not your favorite, in my opinion. I don't know. It's just like (laughs) the first one is it, man. And it's like the same with The Matrix. Like if you're going to watch it's not the exact same, but it's like it's the same in the sense that like, let's make a this Matrix movie and that'll be it. Oh, it's successful. Let's make more. Let's make a Pirates movie. Oh, it's successful. Let's make more. And these other ones just feel so tacked on to this very standalone thing. But who am I to judge someone else's, someone else's opinion? I'm sure this is someone's favorite uh, Pirates movie. They're like, man, it took long enough, but they finally got it right. Five's right. a charm. <laughs> That's what they They're like, all they had to do was combine most of the characters and plot elements from other movies that we've already seen and just kind of like kind of put them all in a blender and just kind of like ignore logic and... There you go. It's That's really the magic weird because the formula. Because the fourth one, again, it just goes in this standalone sort of way of its own story. It doesn't really touch much of the other stuff besides just having Jack Sparrow and Barbosa. And then the fifth one takes elements from the fourth one and the first through third one and like completes, tries to complete both stories without including, I guess, Penelope Cruz as like a, something that's kind of like left hanging. Um, but it's just kind of it, it's it, it's hard to wrap your mind around where it's like i i don't know like the there's other movies that try to do like little little reboots and they try to be like a continuation of like a past tale but then also like a re- a reboot there's something about this movie that kind of feels like a what is it a soft reboot or whatever like yeah. some uh-huh. some movies like that where it's like oh it's still kind of in the universe but we're going to have a new telling 
of it and it was it was trying to like reposition like force awakens reposition itself a little bit yeah totally and it, and it like completes the will turner elizabeth swan like they're all together as a family unit at the end and then you got jack sparrow and it's like oh we can kind of set ourselves in a position to call it or just or move on or or do a different story in the pirates universe um but i mean if there's anything else to say about about the end i guess like I like the idea of an underwater battle. It was kind of muddy in like the vision of it all. Too much CGI, yeah. Conceptually, like, like the idea is cool, but it, yeah, it just didn't really like feel as there cool was, as it should. There was for a pirate movie. There was such little swashbuckling in this, I and know. that was so. I'm whack. so glad like, you brought that up. Mm, Absolutely, there's more fantasy. Where was the swashbuckling? <laughs> no tortuga. Yeah. No tortuga in this one. <laughs> Like, literally, like, I, I don't think Jack even drew a sword in the final battle. Like, nobody fought. Everybody's just running around. Yeah, he's, like, like running on cannonball, can, cannons while he's fighting the head ma- headmast. He's, like, fighting that headmast while they're running on the cannons on the side of the ship. And it's all, like, these Spielbergian Peter Jackson sort of action scenes and... That just like, and then, and then this happens, and then this happens, which is just a, a staple of, of these movies and some movies Hollywood, around this time period. But it also feels a little Disney, Disney-fied, yeah. I think, in that oh it's kind of like, God. I don't want it to be that violent or to focus mm-hmm. on physical combat. And so, like, even though these, you know, there's guns and swords and cannons and stuff, like, it somehow just avoids that in terms of the the, the gaze of the camera. Mm. The focus is like never really I, on uh, the fighting, you know. And the powers would, have grown so big; it's like they don't even need that anymore. They'll just have a fucking ship eat another ship. Like there's not even right. gonna be a battle. Like these ghosty guys are just gonna come oh, in and just possess them. Or I don't know. They're, they're, the powers have just escalated to a point where that seems just so trivial, like a fucking sword. And like, Ex- I don't know, except like, for the ragtag crew of the black Pearl, who for some reason is able to literally fight the ghosty guys. Yes. Right. Okay. But so, it's something I would say that Barbosa's well, crew couldn't do it. The British couldn't no. do it, but that crew, they can do it. They can fight back. I don't know why they actually win. Yeah. <laughs> You know what, though, like to the point of there's not, you know, this Disneyification of things because, yeah, you don't want to have something too gruesome in a Disney movie. But there the scene where Salazar is on Barbosa's ship and then every time he hits his cane on the deck, then somebody dies is like really intense yeah so if anything i would just say this movie is tone deaf and doesn't know where to place its energy then because it has no problem starting the film off with potential child suicide then going into you know uh people getting executed one after the other and making such a point of the like it's like a drum like you're just like fucking dead and it really is so uh, present and um yeah intense but then right you also i guess uh, something that i'm thinking of too while i'm saying this is that you paint yourself in a box a little bit where since salazar's crew is not able to be killed at all like showing people fight salazar crew is kind of like a pointless feat because like they're obviously not going to win. And there was even a point and I made a note of this of like when Salazar is attacking you, everybody on the deck is just like buying time. 
Like you're not going to win that. So in those situations where we're like trying to get a thing, trying to move to a thing, trying to like break the Trident or whatever, it's really just like buying time to get to the next thing. And that, yeah, doesn't make a good action. Like it, it doesn't allow you to focus on or get a POV. Cause I agree with you. Like there is much more swashbuckling in other movies. And mm-hmm. this one has a problem with that because like the point that I'm making is, is that Salazar crew can't be beat. So, okay. I mean, you're just showing a losing battle. And then also too, it's like, you're focusing your attention somewhere else. Like you would much rather it be more gruesome. Like it's almost like if Disney has like, okay, so we can only be gruesome in three points. So we need to make a decision on what those three points are going to be. And then outside of that, we're not going to show it. And they just make these weird calls of like, okay, we're going to be really fucked up here, but be totally blase and not show shit on these ones. And it just like, it's so uneven. Yeah. It's so uneven, which is so much of this movie. Cause like what we've talked about with the main, with Karina too. And like, and Henry, the fact that Karina and Henry are t- like are a love interest and they have a lot to do together. It's so incredibly uneven because the, the intent like, there's so much more drive in Karina and they're so like, I don't know. He's kind of just along for the ride. And with Henry, where you're, it's either you can consider an overcorrection. You're just saying like, oh, we definitely need to give women more things to do because that is a criticism that we've made and talked about on this podcast is like, what's Kira Knightley's deal in the second one? Like, who cares? Like, they don't even really flesh that out. She's kind of just like there. Or what are, what did she instill in Henry about Jack? Did she tell him anything about jack and like him coming into jack's world be like oh like i might know a little bit about you or some sort of more rapport about will turner as well it's like i there's a sense of me that appreciates that they don't talk about it too much because that would be a drag in its own way too but it's also kind of weird and suspect that there isn't more of like hey i've heard a lot about you jack sparrow unless or or maybe he's just like why hasn't my mom told me more about you? One or the other. I, there's just never that scene that like there was a little back and forth oh, no, between them. A, there's a scene and it's Jack talking about how sexy Kira Knightley is and asking Henry like, oh, has your mother talked to me oh, and about? Yeah. And your, your dad's a, your dad's a eunuch. Me. Yeah, and your dad's a eunuch, and then there's like again, like you know, Evan. But that's all Jack Sparrow, like old man humor. Yeah, that's that's just Jack Sparrow bullshitting. (laughs) It's not Henry Turner being like, I don't know, just and that was something that that was like maybe I didn't need. It was just curious, like Henry Turner approaching him in a way was just Jack Sparrow being like, (laughs) "Eh, eh, fuck, (laughs) fuck you, whatever, dude. And then even with Jeffrey Rush and Karina uh, Barbosa, their first conversation together. It, he realizes it's his, it's his daughter, like right off the bat, and then like that just starts that whole thing too. And there's just nothing for something to grow, and then breathe once something is revealed. It's like they're gonna introduce it, have it flourish, and then kill it like all within like 20 minutes. That whole Jeffrey Rush thing and having characters be the the sons and daughters of prior characters is just like it works to an extent but like it also tells me that you're creatively bankrupt in a certain way or you can't figure out a fucking way to move forward without like resting on the bloodlines of of the past and i I don't know it's like there's there's better better ways to do it but 
there's also yeah. effective ways to I'm I'm down to move on to critic reviews if you guys want to check out some polarizing reviews. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, can I uh, go to the bathroom? Can we take a You want to take a little break? All right, yeah, we'll take a little, take break, a little break and we'll be right at the bait. All right, we are back. We're going to look at some uh, critics reviews. Uh, they as a whole rated it 30% on Rotten Tomatoes out of 293 reviews. I'm going to go through uh, a few blurbs by them and get a, a little temperature check on this 30, 30%. Um, a Wall Street Journal, Joe Morgenstern, gave it a zero. So I, I think I got to check this <laughs> out. Like he, like a just a patent fucking zero. Um, this movie is truly, he says... This movie is truly unhinged, not crazed, which might be interesting, but devoid of, of the usual hinges that connect one sequence with another. <laughs> yes. I love it. I love it. <laughs> unhinged. No hinges. Yeah. Loved it. Um, I give that review a 10 out of 10. Yes. <laughs> this is where we review reviews. <laughs> that should be our segment, reviewing reviews. Um from the New York Times, A.O. Scott, 20 Ayo. out of 100. Uh, they say, <laughs> its pleasures are so meager, its delight in its own inventions are so forced and false that it becomes almost the perfect opposite of entertainment. The opposite of entertainment. It's the opposite wow, okay. of entertainment. What is that? <laughs> fucking torture? <laughs> he's just like shitting blood while he's like, what are you, what's going on? It's a <laughs> scream, <laughs> screaming in pain. <laughs> it like hurts. Hurts that person. <laughs> um, let's go to Peter Travers, Rolling Stone with a 25. Nice. Uh, what's up, Pete? Pete. Pete. He says... Bloated, boring, repetitive, draining. <laughs> I like that he kept his interview succinct, punchy. Earth. <laughs> Nailed it. Uh, from The Hollywood Reporter, John DeFore with a 40. We're moving up. Uh, Scotelario of the Maze Runner films and Andrea Arnold's Wuthering Heights is just about the only member of the cast who seems to be... Seems to believe she's expected to be more than a thin generic functionary or flamboyant scene stealer. Yeah, I love, totally. I love the phrase thin generic functionary. Like thin that generic is such a functionary. fucking dope phrase. That is Henry I Turner. agree with the review. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> I like how they don't have to say the character's name and yeah, we, we get it. Thin uh, generic said, functionary. The actress's name, right? It's Uh Yeah, it was like the redeeming part, but then comparing to a thin generic functionary or flamboyant scene stealer that them being Henry Turner and Jack Sparrow. Uh, yeah. Oh, got it. Mm. Um, okay. Being all critic reading critic language is fun. Ooh. Um, it is. What? It's complex. They put a lot of thought into these, the wording of these reviews. They're oh, professional man. wordsmiths. To appeal to appeal on like myself, it takes maybe Three to five reads for me. These guys do understand. like the New York Times crossword. These that's like oh, who does. Sure. Oh my god! You know? Yes. Oh, Evan. One thing that is yeah. so 
stereotypical of a critic review is, is that they love to get those, you know, those metaphors, those similes, those really punchy pull quotes in where yeah. it's like this movie has yet to set sail, you know, oh, or, yeah. or something, yeah. something yeah. to great. that effect. It just, it's it just reminds me it. of the, the clues on a crossword, you <laughs> yeah, know, <right. laughs> where it's like Othello perchance, you know. <laughs> And then you just like kind of like pat yourself on the back, and like, ooh, I got that one. Yeah, just, I'm so very smart. Ooh, I got, just imagine I like it. it's that uh, episode of South Park with Randy and or no, not Randy. Um, Kyle's dad is a Yelp reviewer, and he's mm. just like drinking a glass of wine by himself, being like, God, I'm so good, you know, I fucking nailed this. Burn City coming at you, you know, and just. Yeah, I'm going to take this movie to task. This bloated corporate piece of shit. Fuck you, man. Or it's like when I get like a a Jeopardy question right and I feel like I'm on top of the fucking world and I'm the smartest person ever. I'm like, oh my God, I got that Jeopardy daily double. Well, that's it. I need to go on. I need to go on the show. I would totally win. I'm going to (laughs) come. And then I do. And then I do. And then I I calm down with Wheel of Fortune. (laughs) Yeah. That's much my, more mild. That's my Thursday night. Yeah, because right after you're like, I can't even look at Jeopardy anymore. <laughs> it's too much stimulation. I gotta, I gotta chill. Yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna get rock hard if I do. <laughs> uh, okay, let's go to the Los Angeles Times with uh, Katie Walsh uh, says, "There are no new treasures to be found in this installment." which is dragged down by the anchor of a prescribed <laughs> franchise blueprint. Bam! Yes! Cured! Yes. Cure them, Katie! Yeah, <laughs> Let them have it! I like how short and succinct this one is, but I also like this guy's name. Uh, from the Arizona Republic. Uh, Ooh, gives there's a, probably some <laughs> biases politically uh, gives in that. A, gives a 40. No, this is, a four, this is just a four-word blur, but he gives it a 40. <laughs> and his name is Bill Goody Koontz. Goody Koontz. And he just says, this movie is exhausting. <laughs> and that's all. That's great. I like Donald Trump, but this movie. <laughs> yeah, he just like shoehorns it in there. <laughs> this isn't going to make America great again. Uh, We've lost our way. <laughs> this movie is emblematic by this woke culture that we have. Uh, <laughs> I remember when pirates movies used to be good. Back in my day. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah. Uh, this let's... movie makes making money look bad. <laughs> I wish movies. <laughs> Gone are the days where we had movies like Casino. Where were all the guns? <laughs> Too many. <laughs> oh, God. Never mind. <laughs> Uh, we'll move on to uh, from the Guardian. This will be our last critics review. Uh, Dead men te- from Mike McK- Mike McKill. Mike McKill. That'll be my last try at that. Uh, says Dead men tell no tales moves at a faster rate of knots than any pirates film. Trouble is, nothing has really been added. 
It's the same soggy ride set to a marginally preferable speed. It's a soggy ride. <laughs> it's a soggy ride of a movie. I got to I got to hand it to this guy for the pros. I think it's like yeah. it's, it really kind of paints a picture. Yeah. He's yeah. Got the, he, there was like a semicolon he, there. It was nice. I was like, "Oh, that's why He also kind of likes the movie too, which I yeah, I, I, you know. He I, liked I the pacing, it. you know. Which, yeah. Yeah. There's things which you like to it was a ride, I, you know, but it was it, just a little too wet for him. Yeah. It's like, oh, I, I, I got a little more wet than I want. Now I'm like wet the rest of the day. This sucks. Too much water. Too much <laughs> I didn't like all the water. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that guy. He put me <laughs> in the front seat. I didn't want to go back around. They said I want to get wet. Oh. Uh, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They said not to worry about it, but it got in my socks. <laughs> And they wouldn't give me replacement socks. <laughs> I watched the movie on my phone. I don't know. It was, I thought it'd be a good idea. Um, I watched it on my phone while I was on the Pirates on of the, the Caribbean ride. <laughs> ride. <laughs> I thought the two would overlap like the Dark Side of the Moon and the Wizard of Oz movie. But all I got was wet in the socks. <laughs> my phone don't work as well anymore. <laughs> God, I dropped my phone on the floor at a ride and it's all germy now and a little bit wet. <laughs> now my phone took a soggy ride too. You're reminding me of the time I rode Indiana Jones at Disneyland and someone was in the very front seat with a video camera that had the flash on the whole time, like a flashlight. <laughs> oh my God. And was just like fil <laughs> filming it, filming the ride. And, oh, and then gosh, someone's like, great. can you turn that off? And she's like, my daughter couldn't come today and she has to see it. She has to see the ride. She has to see what it's like. And Man. Take the flash off then. <laughs> YouTube existed, I'm sure, at that time. You probably could watch a ride through. Brandon, says he wa Brandon watched this uh, Star Wars ride through, so it's it's possible. But I was just oh like. Oh, my God. What they're doing with ride through very days. thoroughly annoyed. Good Lord. I'm sure they professionally produce their own ride throughs. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's it. Mm, I was being right? the asshole. Sorry. No, no. no in this case, that sounds like somebody had a specific sort of personal reason that they were doing this. <laughs> yeah. No, maybe. No, I don't know. Maybe. I just mean that if you if your daughter couldn't make it or whatever, like I'm sure they probably there exists a ride through that is very well made. I'm sure. Oh my god! You know yeah, if they have yeah. 4K 360. Uh, yeah. And, uh, just a shout out. We're not. You know, just uh, plug 360 degree uh, attractions. Do 4K 360 ride-throughs, excellent. Oh, nice. But it just uh, that nonetheless is really funny because it's this, it, it happens so much with a, an older person where you're like, oh, I'm gonna video record this so they can experience this, but you're you're not going to experience this no. like and especially no. if you're doing like a you don't record things like moderately professionally at all so like oh i'm gonna just watch this like small fixed thing of you presenting it to me no one's going to watch that being like oh I especially want, when I, the ride there's a point where like, it's like it goes pitch black and that's part of the effect and you're losing <laughs> that even through the video you're yeah. like oh there's a light going on and that's uh, all that's where, happening in this scenario is like minus one people now experience the ride. <laughs> and right? also you're busy filming it. Yeah. Like now you don't experience it and your daughter's <laughs> going to watch it and they're not going to experience they don't it. Give a fuck about What's it. hilarious to me is, negative. is in this video, if say like the daughter really cherishes this video still, even then in that video, there's going to be a point where someone's going to be like, 
can you turn that light off, please? No, it's for my daughter. And there's like this whole argument going, and that's part of the experience that's, of that video. That's I would wish that so much mm. if somebody gave my mother shit for recording on her <laughs> experience. I, I would love that a lot because that would. That be really is now unintentionally what that video is. <laughs> a portion of it is just your parent arguing with the rest of the writers about them recording it. Oh my god. I would yeah. love that. Home movies. That, I mean, that would be great. Um, let's move on to audience. Uh, the audience's feeling, feelings yeah, about what this What do the movie? people say? Fuck these ivory tower yeah. douchebags. Yeah, go to the people at uh, yes. the old 60% fresh uh, for this Pirates movie, Dead Men Tell No Tales. Um, let's start with P. Thompson. And next to this Amazon reviewer, it says top contributor, Star Wars. I don't even know what that means, but that's cool. Oh, my God. Good. Okay. So they, they seem to, maybe they review a lot of Star Wars stuff or just familiar, familiar with it. But their review is titled, Best Ending Ever, Five Stars. Although the credit, the credit scene does appear to leave room for another movie? Question mark. Well, it took an awful lot of time to get the story into the water at the beginning. The later half kept me glued, and I just can't fault the last scene of the Turner family back together and the Dutchman sailing off without Will at the helm. Overall, a pretty satisfactory ending to the, fr to the franchise. Even though the credit scene seems to have a cliffhanger, does Davy Jones come back, or was Will just dreaming? I do think leave well, leave well enough alone at this point. Or leave Will enough alone at this point. They had a great opportunity for a pun. Um, yeah. Did, well, anyone, did anyone catch that, uh, the, yeah. the end credit scene? Yeah, they're not a critic. They they can't do the pun. I didn't. I wanted to kind of get out I, of that movie. I It was like late. I was like, okay, that did it. I watched it. It, it, it bugged me, out. man. All it is is Will and Elizabeth Swan like sleeping in their bed together. And then you see yeah, Davy Jones like walk up to their bed. And he's got his little claw. And he's like, Wah. no and shit. And then like, Will oh, wakes wow. up and then he's gone. But then it goes down. There's some seashells with some water next to their bed. So it's like, yeah, I don't know. No one's ever dead in this fucking franchise. The same yeah. with like Palpatine and Star Wars and, and stuff. That's why this person loved it. They love Star Wars. Was there, was there any kind of curse on Davy Jones? I mean, because that would be out now, but right? Like, they removed that curse by stabbing his heart in the chest. The dead man's chest had his heart. They opened it. They fucking stabbed it. And he's uh, he's done. So he turned back into Bill Bill Nye, man. And then uh, the scary guy, and not the science guy. Yeah, this, yeah. Was it really Bill Nye, the guy? Well, not Bill Nye, the science guy, but it's Bill Nye, the scary guy. Yeah, that Bill actor. Nye's, yeah. But like the the man Bill Nye. Let's just you know the the man behind both of the 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 man behind the Bill Nye character. Um, was it that guy, that actor, that person? There's yeah. A, yeah, like N I G H Y, that Bill Nye was mm -hmm. the guy behind Davy Jones, yeah. Okay. I I see. That's in like yeah. uh Underworld and stuff. And, well, uh, Underworld big, okay. big yeah, one of the lead uh, are, uh, yeah, vampires in that. He's also okay. I mean, great performance in uh Love Actually, right? I think it's Love Actually, yeah, that's the one he's yeah, yeah. yeah. Where he's the He's a very Johnny Depp-esque kind of character of a dated rock star who's only, you know, he's losing his his shit and are losing his popularity, and then he creates a Christmas song. 
That's right. We don't it's been a little. Yeah, it's been a little while since I've seen that one. But yeah, that's that's him. Nice. Um, okay, five star review. That was interesting. I I will. I, I want to make a counterpoint to that review. Is that it? Actually, starts on the water pretty much with the kid yeah. in the water. <laughs> so. I, so this is where we on. review reviews. We're reviewing your your, your review. Oh so, yeah, and, like uh, one out of ten, Pete. Get it together. Go to review school. Uh, Watch some Star Wars movies. <laughs> why don't you? <laughs> Stick to your galaxy. <laughs> uh, let's go on to our France, titled "Was that a Was that Paul McCartney doing a cameo?" This person probably also loved the guillotine, given their name's France. Am I right? No, oh, you nailed it. You fucking nailed it. <laughs> he he would have chosen the guillotine. Let's be real. Fucking nailed it. <laughs> Can we just address like that mayonnaise joke? I feel like that was like the kind of thing that they were like, they were like, that that struck me as a placeholder. They're like, we'll we'll put this in the script and we'll get something better later. And then they just never did. And it was kind of like they invented mayonnaise. How bad could it be? Or something like it was like few lines like that. Well, that sucks. (laughs) Yeah. I I don't know. It's a, it's I don't universal uh, mayonnaise isn't universally healed. It's actually pretty divisive. So if anything, it's like yeah, some people don't like the French. So I don't know. I don't think you can just willy nilly be like, well, the French made it, then it's okay. Hmm. Yeah. There's some lines. I I just had to glance at. I, I I do this later usually, but there's also the line where the guy's like, no woman's ever handled my Herschel. Yeah. Oh I yeah. Know. I thought that was. <laughs> it's a telescope, and I was just like, what? I feel like. I feel like they had to edit like the drum sound out of that. Like originally, like, or like right the, there, because there's the, like that little pause for laughter, mm-hmm. and it's like, oh god, dude, like this is not as funny as you think it is. Or like the Price is Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, Two Price is Right mentions. Oh no, Wheel of Fortune. Price is Right, Wheel of Fortune, Jeopardy. Big What's game the deal, James? What's going on? Crosswords. You know, we're we're big uh, GSN heads over here. Um, let's see what our France has to say. Uh, as much as I expected this final Pirates film to be another Gone with the Wind, it wasn't. Instead, it was filled with over-the-top graphics designed to hold your attention and maybe make you smile. The acting is on... <laughs> the acting is on par with the other Pirates movies. And you could tell the writers had a, gr- had a great time looking for new and clever additions to the genre. Overall, good entertainment for the whole family. Except for Paul McCartney and his makeup. What some people won't do for 15 minutes of fame. <laughs> yes, this is sarcasm. They put in parentheses. I he was great. <laughs> he was amazing. I just, uh, I love the idea that somebody goes into every movie and they're like, is this as good as Gone with the Wind? <laughs> I was trying to figure out if they were being facetious or not. I don't know. I kind of wanted that sarcasm tag up there. Yeah. Think. Like, they were sarcastic way later than they should have been. <laughs> like, can you let me know what the vibe was? In comparison to Gone with the Wind, how is this movie? That's how they're asking their friends and whatnot. They probably don't have friends. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's move on to such a Forever pitch, Young. Right? Who's, who's a... <laughs> it's such a weird pitch. <laughs> it's a pivotal film in human history, sure. But like... <laughs> Not every movie needs to be Gone with the Wind. Come on. Are you going like, I just watched Step Brothers, and it's not as good as Gone with the Wind. (laughs) (laughs) So it sucks. 
If only Gone with the Wind had a fifth Gone with the Wind, then maybe we could get some of Gone with the Wind 5, still going. Still burning. It's just getting windier. Chicago Dreams. Uh, we'll go that to, person has got to be disappointed all the time. I like to think they're facetious, but who knows? It's even funnier if they're not. Um, we'll go to uh, Forever Young, who's a top contributor in baking. Oh, Rob Stewart. And, uh, yeah, nice. And a top uh, 100 reviewer. Um, titled Dead Men Tell No Tales. My eight-year-old grandson is very into pirate movies and is just now getting to see the Pirates of the Caribbean stories. He loves them all. I don't buy DVDs anymore. So much easier to stream from anywhere. And I don't have to store the DVD. In any case, in my opinion, <laughs> oh my it is God. worth owning the whole list of the Pirates of the Caribbean. If you're a Disney fan, you know you've got what? to see them all. Great story, special effects, and Johnny Depp. You know, one of the things we don't talk about with the benefits of the streaming world that we live in is storage. Like, we just don't talk about yeah. enough how much we are blessed with a lack of needing storage in this stuff. I just, I'm glad they brought it up. Yeah. I mean, yeah. finally, somebody's speaking for the people. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Amazon. I love that the review, like, just, like, was, like, also just, like, glowing about like the day and age we're in isn't it great how you can isn't just like scream from anywhere <laughs> my uh, <laughs> my guest bedroom was filled with dvds now i get to just stream this oh isn't it great thanks jerry oh, bruckheimer <laughs> uh, let's move to chris who's also a top contributor in star wars yeah, uh, you sorting by top right now? Like bet, like most. I'm just doing all five stars, and uh, oh, on okay. Amazon they have these little clarifiers. And this this is a top contributor to Star Wars as well. Five stars. Uh, Chris says there are in, in the title few things are better than undead pirates. Uh, says I don't quite know why this one got such bad ratings. I loved the first one and was bummed out by the third, but the fourth and now the fifth are doing really good again. The action was high, the visuals fun and colorful, and it has undead sharks. Heck yeah. That undead sharks. This stuff might not was be in cool. my top 100 movies I of all time, that. but I have left it on in the background many times while doing housework and the like. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, yeah. that is like kind of. Pirates that are great sharks. movies for that. Yeah. All the pirates yeah. movies, I think, fit that really well. Yeah. Like that was a good use of CGI, too. Yeah. Different I, it, strokes, I guess, you know, like some people just want different stuff out of the movies, you know, I which is good for us, because I think the three of us will continue to more further gravitate because I was, you know, Evan, we were talking about this before we started recording is like I was joking, James, with Evan that. You know, when I was younger, I would go visit my grandparents and like they would take me to go see like um Oh, uh, President's Club, I think is the name of the movie, or like a 
uh, Glenn Close movie or some like older actor in a movie who's like, it's a character piece. And, you know, as a young kid, you're like, oh, this movie's boring as hell. But now as I'm getting older, I'm like, dude, bring on that character development, my man. Like, I want more. What is that person's life like? Let's get into the weeds. Like, what is their opinion on society? You know, as opposed to how are they going to handle a sword in a fucking gun battle or whatever? And yeah, I just, I I don't know. There's... Like, yeah, clearly interesting things have happened to especially Jack Sparrow, but I think it's frustrating when there is potential to get into some of the meat of all the interesting things he's done. But he's like, eh, I don't want to talk about it. Let's just go fucking do something more casual and fun and that or, or he'll just move on to it's always move on to that next thing. And instead of finishing your meal, they are putting the dessert on top of your like half eaten mashed potatoes that you want to finish they're like and get to the bottom of those potatoes they're like no th- put some ice cream on that you're like no ice cream's good and all i don't want it mixed with my potato oh you're gonna add cherries oh now another steak and it's like let me finish what we already started i don't want ice cream and they just keep okay. i think what that's the difference and what we're really getting down to is that this is all about it's like an age thing you know like if you don't want an ice cream with a steak on top of it and like some diet coke poured on it and then some you know jelly beans on top of that then like this is not your vibe i mean and i think that's you know par for the course it's a disney movie you know it's like well who's the target demo not us absolutely but then i would just like present it to both of you guys and i'm sure this will probably fuel your end reviews is like there's purpose for this like young like young teenagers or young kids need movies like this because it gets you excited about the possibilities of what a movie can be like there's totally a reason for or it's understandable why people like this movie for sure and you know we talk about polarizing movies and Again, like, I think just because of our age, like, we tend to agree with critics often because we're at a point where, especially the three of us, like, this is such a beautiful conversation because I feel like the three of us have always been seeking movies that are interesting in a multitude of ways and gravitate towards movies that are like they don't have to be big it's more about what is the you know what is the message what is the vibe what is the theme and what is the character how is that like give me a story of one character progressing through let's go see men together you know it's like what is one character struggle through society and all of that but there's such a purpose for it and it's it's all it's difficult to you know rate this or to not like move away from shitting on it because like we've talked about some of its shortcomings for sure. And I'm sure this will crop up again in the reviews, but like, is this a good movie? What makes a good movie? What, what is a movie? You know, (laughs) what constitutes a movie and start the podcast over. Let's talk about it. (laughs) Yeah. Let's go over that. Like it it makes me, I guess to finish this is like, it makes me excited that to hear that young people like movies just in general, because I don't know, like 
I, I have a younger brother and he doesn't really care for movies because they're usually too long and we're grow you know, people younger than us are growing in a day and age where they would much rather binge watch two episodes of a TV show than ever watch a movie, honestly. Like, cause a movie is too, it's too long. It's a big commitment. It, yeah. Yeah. It's too much of a commitment or whatever. And it's just, yeah, there's something it's not, not interactive as well. I, I don't know. I feel like your brother mm -hmm. would, would want something more interactive, like a video game engaging and stimu more st stimulating. No, more stimulating yeah. is a great point. It doesn't have to be necessarily interactive, but you're absolutely right about it being stimulating. And there's plenty of TV shows that are stimulating because they're like cliffhanger after cliffhanger after cliffhanger yeah. every episode. And it's you can like, go on your phone I, and still understand what's going on. Still yeah. understand what's going on in the long, like the long term or the scheme of things. Like, you know, I get where this is going, but it can be thrilling for short periods of time. And that is great. That's where media is gravitating towards. And so I don't know. Yeah. I guess I'm just long winded saying like, yeah, what uh, the purpose of this movie, whether this is a good movie and you know, uh, should movies like this continue get made? Cause I think that's something I'm wrestling with as I start to think about my final review is like, cause I, I know, and we've talked about this movie being having shortcomings and being really bloated or being terrible in a lot of ways, but like, you know, is it a bad movie? And yeah, I guess I would just kind of leave it there. <laughs> no, just, I mean, you can, you can uh, finish out. There. I mean, I had, we pretty much got an idea with the uh, with the audience reviews. I mean, if you if you'd like to continue and and give your final final thoughts, that's cool too. No, no, we can continue. I guess I'm just you know kind of if anything selfishly like starting to think out loud about how I feel about this movie because there's a part of me that's conflicted about this, and when I hear reviews, and that's what started this is if somebody were to tell me that they're you know, their nephew loved the pirate series. I, I'm hard pressed to be like, Oh, those Your are nephew's bad an movies. idiot. Your nephew has bad days. You know, like, <laughs> Your nephew has bad days. Like that's not, you know. Kind of, you know, what little kid is going to be like, yeah, I really, really enjoyed King's speech. You know, like it's not, right. it's a different vibe, you know, like different that's strokes for different folks, you know, like I was saying before we got on this call, like I just watched Phantom Thread and I was like, this is my jam. I fucking love this. <laughs> movie. Yeah. Um, like, that's the kind of shit I like. Boring shit. It's boring. It really is. And I would understand why somebody would watch it and be like, this movie sucks. I want sharks and action and cannons and ghosts. And it's sure. kind of like, and this is that, you know? And it's like, you know, just different. It's like different types of food or whatever. It's like different genres for different audiences. Mm -hmm. I mean, to me, it's gone with the wind and then everything else. <laughs> that's, how it, that's how it works with me. <laughs> Before I go into any movie, I'm like, is this gone with the wind? Well, it should be. It should be more like Gone with the Wind. Most movies should. That's where I. That's where I arrive. Um, I'll just okay. I'll do like one, one to two or more. Just a couple more. Uh, from Comic Fangirl thirty three five stars titled "My Favorite POC So Far Is This One." Pirates of the Caribbean. This movie is really true to the original's feel and overall flow. It's probably my favorite installment at this point. I miss Davy Jones as he is my favorite character, but all in all, for plot, humor, and, and effects, this one is pretty close to perfect. The bonus scene after the credits has me very excited for the next one. Davy Jones fan. 
big Davy Jones fan. Uh, someone named Luis Kaiser uh, said he they did. only rented it to see Sir Paul and was not disappointed. Um, he was in it. This is true. Ginger Marshall, five stars, titled Swashbuckling Greatness. This is a great movie as long as you have a sense of humor. We were laughing really hard at parts. Great storyline, though predictable. It fills in some story gaps from the other movies. We were pleasant, pleasantly surprised how much we enjoyed it. Nothing compares to The Curse of the Black Pearl. But this ranks with DMC, Dead Man's Chest, and AWE, at World's End, easily. We didn't care for OST <laughs> on Stranger Tides. <laughs> Uh, I like. I, I think we. Dude, that person is in the know, man. Yeah. <laughs> we like the reviews where people review as groups of people. I think it's uh, it's, it's it's pretty, pretty great. Um, this yeah. will be my last one. A uh, Krez Tim, titled "A Welcome Return to the Vibe of the Original Black Pearl Movie." Great film. Black Pearl still remains far and away my favorite of the franchise. The next two got a little too dark, ponderous, and way too long. Dead Men Tell No Tales evoked a lot of the same feelings as the first movie and brought back some of the fun and credibility of the franchise. It's second only to Black Pearl for me, but it's a very close second. People seem to be uh, feeling yeah. this was like a nun, like a fresh little reboot or like a fresh kind of new angle into the into the franchise is what I'm gathering from some of these audience uh, members. And then the critics are just kind of like, we don't want any more of this. Like we're good. No more. Like it's it's bloated still. That they said on this one, it's like two hours. The one at World's End that we watched last time was it was three hours. It was a three hour movie essentially. It was like two hours 50, 50 minutes, and they shortened it by an hour essentially. And they still say too bloated, too long, too much. Yeah. So that's that's kind of my interpretation of the critics. I don't know if you guys have anything else to uh, comment on the. Um, the polarizing nature of this movie and the discourse between audiences and critics, and then we can move on to final thoughts and, and our reviews. But do you guys have anything, any yeah, theories I, I on that? It, or I think just interestingly looking at, like listening to these reviews, it seems like they're having two different conversations. You oh, know, like yeah. the critics are, are very much picking up on the stuff that we've been talking about, which is sort of like, you know, it's inconsistent. It's it, it logically the plot is not very good, and it feels like it's sort of reanimating corpses of sort of like dead ideas. <laughs> Fucking nailed you know, it. Fucking um, nailed it. <laughs> but the 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 people who like it, the audience reviews, are very much just talking about sort of like fun effects, uh, characters that they liked and wanted to see back, like brought back. It's kind of like if if you went to like that headlining rock show and they played the hits. You know, and the audience is like, how, yeah, you're like, how was the concert? And they're like, oh, they played this song. They played this song. I love that song. And they played that. So it was a great show. You know, they're not looking for the, you know, the cracks yeah. in the paint and going like, this is falling apart. It's not as good as it was. You know, like that's then, there's two yeah. different. Yeah, absolutely. What I would say is, is another classic case of ignorance is bliss, man. Like there's just a, a, a life that you can live of overanalyzation, which is hard to get out of. And then there's a life that you can live where you're just like movies are supposed to be fun. You know, yeah. it, it, it's not supposed to make me feel deeper than I want to. It's supposed to just, entertain me and then if i want to feel connected to something then that's my own prerogative and i'm going to ascribe that because let's be honest this movie definitely is not doing that for you um like and you yeah. can do that and you can live in that space and it's yeah it's 
but not like yeah. the movie doesn't need to be everything. There's times with this movie, it just feels like it's trying in some of the later ones, it's just trying to dip its toes in a little too many ponds of, of what it's trying to be when it could be just more like straightforward standalone pirate movie or whatever. And it's, it's like, yeah, does the phantom thread need a fucking action scene? Does phantom thread need like a fucking shark shark scene? Like not every movie needs everything, you know? And it's, it really right. just has to fit whatever the energy it is going for it. But when it like outpaces itself or, or whatever, that's when it's just like, oh, you're not even being true to yourself. It seems like there's like a, a truer version in my mind, but then to each, to each their, their own. Absolutely. It's just a matter of if you enjoy it or not. And with this universe for me, I will say that I, yeah, I like this universe in a weird, I have a weird like bias for this universe of being in it. And even, you know, watching the fourth and fifth one and in the moments where, you know, like this, one of the people in this review said, I would go and I would fucking start vacuuming or I would clean something. Cause I'm like, I could, I get this part. <laughs> I, I'm going to move on, do something. I'm going to come back for something else. Or even some of the action scenes. If you're not, some people just aren't into action, you know, it's like this action scene is doing nothing for them, especially when it's coming to someone who maybe yeah, likes more of the plot, more like the story, the narrative. And they spend a fucking 15 minutes getting a bank out of a house and stuff. And it's like, that's just drawn out, like in every sense of the word. But for some people, they're just like, oh my God, this is like, I'm at the edge of my seat. And for other people, they're checked out because nothing is happening really in the plot. It's like nothing is moving forward. Like like Jack Sparrow is going to be fine and he's going to carry the movie after this. Like we don't have to worry about it. So it's just something to kick off that first action scene at the very beginning happened so quickly that it was just like, all right, everyone, welcome to the movie. Come on in. Oh, here's a big action scene with Jack Sparrow. It's another Pirates movie. Welcome in. And it's, yeah, it feels like, uh, you know, when, and Sam, our guest, uh, on at world's end, um, yeah, she enjoyed at world's end and, and brought us more like a different I enjoyed per, it too. Per, perception in terms of like, yeah. uh, of, of, yeah. Enjoying it in the sense of, of, a, of an amusement park ride or something, or just not taking it so critically. Um, but to each, to each their own, I think you go into it in whatever state you're in and uh, you're going to derive whatever you naturally want out of it. What bothers me, I think is when people go in with preconceived notions or start review bombing shit that they haven't even seen yet, which happens on Rotten Tomatoes a lot where they just feel politically a certain way about something or about someone that's in that movie. And they feel like they need to express it. That has nothing to do with the movie. Then that's where it's, it, it gets frustrating. But um, these conversations are always so fun to just explore this movie, which I, I don't know. It's like, I never, I never imagined myself going on this ride to, to really like explore uh, numerous pirates movies, but not only did I like learn more about the pirates universe, which will probably escape my mind at, at some later date. I had great memories with talking to people about it as well as learn more about, yeah, like make making of movies uh, from other people, especially with you, Evan, today, and I think you you uh, provide a lot of insight into um, the characters and and the writing as well as just film filmmaking in general. But that being said, uh, I'm down to just say final thoughts and then your review, zero out of 100. Evan, I would love for you to pick if you'd like to go first or second or last. Yeah. So, um, mm-hmm. Oh, wow. To, I get to pick? 
he there's no pick. there's just no set uh pirate code here and no keeper of the code quite there's there's very loose loose rules to our parlay system so i parlay to you good sir you get to pick okay to pick. okay i think i'm gonna go f- first yeah i think i'm gonna go first cool um, like, I wasn't necessary. <laughs> and so just a reminder, so this is so you're going to give your summation and then it's going to be like Rotten Tomatoes out of 100 percent. So once okay. you're done with your summation, just give that score. Do the hanky okay, panky turn yourself around. OK, because I wasn't entirely uh, ready to give a, out of 100. I was thinking one to 10. So I'm going to be formulating it as I'm giving my explanation. Damn it. We fucked so, up your sure. whole system. I mean, I do, I do that, honestly. So it's OK. Yeah. So here's golden stars. Here's my, here's my final stars. thoughts, and I'm gonna tr- I'm gonna try to keep this relatively brief because I feel like I could just talk and talk and talk. You know, this is the only time anybody's ever really asked for my opinion on if movies. If you gave a TED like talk have... on the pirates, Dead Man Tell No Tales, I would attend. I think it would be, uh, you know, worth going to. I feel like this movie has a lot to look at, has a lot to explore. Any movie, really, you can talk about it for hours and hours and hours. I mean, we've been sitting here talking for, what, three hours on this? And and it's like, you know, we could keep going. I could keep going all night on sort of like what's good about this movie, what's bad about this movie, um, what they could do better. I think overall, it does have to get into the question of sort of like what makes a movie good, right? Or like what is a good movie and is this one of them, right? Because I, I can't. I could give my subjective score of like, this is what I think, but I'm not a general audience. And I know that, you know, I'm a, I'm a person with specific tastes and specific sort of background information that leads me to want to watch the sorts of things I usually pick, you know, on some, you know, if I'm browsing Netflix and the content tags say like deadpan, slow burn, you know, like understated, that's probably something I'm going to click on. Whereas if it was something that was like, fun, entertaining, <laughs> action, adventure, I probably am not going to click on that. Um, similarly, like, yeah, I, I make movies, but oh, all so of the you movies that... yourself, I, too. Okay, I get you. Yeah. Uh-huh. All, all the movies that I've made are tiny. They're little DIY, like, kind of grassroots running around, you know, like, trying to capture lightning in a bottle kind of thing because it's, like, that sort of, you know, in indie ethos to it of, like, I think that's what's cool. You know, I like that. That's where I'm coming from. So I have to admit that when I watch a movie like this, I'm just not who this movie is made for. I'm just not the audience, right? So like my subjective score is going to be way off. But I do feel like I have a pretty good read on sort of what the intentions were behind making this movie, what the general audience is supposed to be. Um, And I think that it's a Disney movie. It's probably what, PG, PG PG-13. It's for probably a younger audience and their parents. Um, And it's supposed to be entertaining. I stayed on my couch watching the movie from start to finish, with the exception of those times I paused it and went, what? (laughs) Um, For script logical reasons, it was like a two-hour movie that I watched the whole way through, and I didn't mind it. I was entertained. It was good enough, right? Mm. I mean, to sit there and watch the whole movie. Yeah. so I, I didn't hate it. You know, I didn't find it to be like offensive to my palate of like, oh, I hate this. This is agony. You know, it was not the opposite of entertainment, as that one guy said. Not to me. It was like <laughs> it was entertaining. You know, like I like watching famous people and shit blowing up. You know, like that's not that's not. Oh, I guess the best way I can put it is this. Like this movie cost two hundred million dollars to make and it looked like two hundred million dollars. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, I accessed absolutely. it. Absolutely. 
for a rental fee of $3 on YouTube. Did I get my money's worth? Fuck yes, absolutely. I got to see a $200 million production for no effort and $3. So like, was it good in that sense? Yes, it was worth every penny of that in terms of just the spectacle, just the fucking spectacle of like, these are like really famous people. These are like really talented craftspeople with hair, makeup, set design, yeah, graphics, oh all, of the, all the oh fucking God, yeah. energy that goes into producing something like this. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's like seeing, you know, like the like the Taj Mahal or something where it's kind of like, holy shit, the manpower that went into this is like, it's just spectacle. And that's that is its own form of noteworthy. And it is kind of interesting and kind of cool. Right. right. Now, I will say to the discredit of the film that there's a way to do that that is better than this, which is yeah, that like totally. I, I watch stuff like something like you know, Back to the Future to me is a great example of a movie that's like, it's a crowd pleaser. It's an action adventure, but it's a solid five star movie that it's like, it's well written. It makes sense. It's tight. Everything adds it's up. So it's so tight. tight. Uh, it's uh, what it's in my top five. He mentions it every I, week on this podcast. He mentions yeah. it. Uh, it's like, dude, Back to the Future is the fucking best movie ever. It's yeah. such a tight, that's tight movie. <laughs> it's a tight movie. Aside from one questionable portrayal of the Libyans. Um, it's it's a, a little dated. You uh, see, this is a, uh, okay. But you're right. But you're that's right. but that's getting in a different territory. Yep. I think just as as a as a that's slip, nitpicking. It's nitpicking. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> okay, it's a little racist. Okay, so it's like a, you got some okay, incestual sort of stuff. On, what you gonna do? You made a you made a somewhat racist tweet 25, 30 years ago. Okay, are we gonna forgive you? We should, right? Are we gonna yeah. talk about the elephant in the room? We should. That person's not yeah. making that racist shit anymore. He's making yeah. puppet it, movies or whatever. Yeah. Uh, so, like, Back to the Future, I always bring up as an example of like, Back to the Future is fun as hell. You know, I just watched uh, another trilogy comes her well. the other day, which is you know also Zemeckis, and it's like the same vibe of like it's just fun and it's just like oh. if you look at the script and the plot and the motivations and the One characters the and the story ones. you're like this is good this is solid i get it it makes sense everybody's gonna like it and you watch it and it's a thrill ride and universal has a back to the future thrill ride and it's fun you know and it's you cool oh, they like, used to you oh, they, they got rid of it they turned oh. it into simpsons yeah. yeah i was so sad oh burned down. um but you know what I mean? Like there, there's a way to do it artfully. There's a way to do it where you're checking both boxes of like, is this on paper good? Is does it hold water? Is it critically sort of like viable as a thing? Totally. And I think this movie does sort of like t throw all that shit out the window and go, it doesn't matter, right? And in yeah. that ways, it does remind me a lot of sort of the worst excesses of corporate capitalist filmmaking, which is sort of, as long as it sells, it doesn't matter if it's good. And I do think that is what this is. Disney, let's not forget, is a corporate entity whose purpose on this planet Earth is to make, make money, money for shareholders. Yeah. That's what they're trying to do. They're not trying they to make art. About too. Yeah, and they've, yeah. like you could argue, what you're doing is, is like putting a stranglehold on creativity by just... Right 
how can we because i even made the comment earlier of like turning this into the set or the production of it into this well-oiled machine that mm -hmm. doesn't breed creativity that is no. about getting the picture yeah. done at a certain point in time yep. so we can sell this being yes. predictable Protect yeah. that money make that money it's 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 mitigating risk and it's guaranteeing profit and it's just like continuing to put jack sparrow in the center of these narratives whether it makes any sense or not whether he's compelling or not it's because it's a brand it's because it's a franchise and they know it's going to sell and so i think looking at it through all those lenses of like why does this exist you know and i, and I feel like you know uh, to mention bojack horseman again it's like when he defends his show he's like it was a good show it made money for the network that ergo it was a good show that's why it exists you know what i mean like that's the vibe i get from this of like it i think it box office 700 million dollars which means it profited 500 million dollars which is that's a healthy profit right did it do the thing it exists it was engineered to do hell yeah you know like if it was a plane does it fly yes it fucking flies it soars it does the thing you know, um, so, you know, but that's all a lot of different potential lenses. And so you got to kind of weigh each of those things and go like, well, did I enjoy it? Do the people who are supposed to enjoy it, enjoy it? They did. Yeah. Did I enjoy it a little bit? Yeah. I, I, I didn't mind it. Um, I, I absolutely have to knock off a lot of points from it for like, I'm a big stickler on the writing of like things making some kind of, it's not even about logical sense. I don't give a shit if it makes logical sense. I need it to make emotional sense of like have motivations, characters that are consistent who want something and they act in accordance with what they want. It's basic writing, you know, like, that's the building blocks of how to write a script is literally who are, who's the person, what do they want? So because they want that, what do they do? And because they do that, what happens next? This is not how this was written. This was written by committee. It was written by formula. It was written by too many cooks, too many stakeholders, too many weird sort of needs of like, oh, we got to shoehorn this in there. We got to get Paul McCartney in here somewhere. You know what I mean? Like it's it just, it's too many fucking things. It's too many bad guys, too many good guys, too many plot lines. And, you know, altogether, it's like, is it maximalist? Is it bloated? Hell yeah. I, have, I agree with everything the critics say about it. Um, but summing all of that up, distilling it down into like, what's the number? You know, what's it going to be? I can't in good faith give this an above a 50 because I think that's not true in terms of like, could they do more? Is there room enough to do better that would fill up that other 50 points? Yes, absolutely. Um, sure. But does it do the thing it exists to do? Yes. And yep. did I have a good experience watching it? Yeah, I did. I didn't hate every minute of it. It was fun. You know, and and I think I just have to give a lot of credit to the way it looks, the cinematography and the sort of costuming and the the the, the color and the lighting and everything. It's kind of like, well, there was effort there and there's craftsmanship there and there is art there, artistry or artisanship, at least. It's not narrative art, but it is still art. And so I think in that way of like seeing this as like a an experience, much like a ride is an experience where you go, you sit in the boat and you look at shit and it plays all the sounds and you look at all the animatronics in that way. Yes, it, it's good. It is very good in that way. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to say 45 out of a hundred is my, that's what I give this movie. 45 out of a hundred. 
Yeah. It's okay. It does what it's supposed yeah. to do, but it's not a good movie and it's not a great movie. Totally. Very fair. Yeah. That was, that was a great description of it. Yeah. How do you follow sure. that up? That was like, that was, know, that was like the most perfect, like, that was like the most perfect the review most perfect that we've review. like ever had on this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> James, I think you should review next because I do not want to go after I just that. feel like we could just yeah. produce or like just release his, what he just said right there. And that right. could be the whole mm-hmm. podcast of like, uh, I know <laughs> that's exactly all you need to know about it. But, uh, Sure. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll go next. Um, oh, it's pretty good. Uh, it's some pirates and some fighting. And, uh, no, it was, uh, <clears throat> it was, it was a fascinating ride to go through this series. And I think that was, that's an angle for, for me, uh, to try to express is that I went on the ride of at least, I, I didn't watch all of one. I watched part of one and then two through five, uh, with within these past few weeks and seeing that that progression has been extre- extremely interesting and there was a clear jump between three to four losing will turner um kira knightley and orlando bloom and kind of setting it on a new pace and this is that pace kind of come to fruition um however i think it's a it's a step back into old habits of certain things that I just don't like about this series is that need to hinge itself upon prior things that have happened in terms of uh, Will, the Will Turner character and Elizabeth Swan. It was like they had an interesting enough ending with them, and it's like, no, we're going to trudge that up again and have their son. And then it can't just be a character on her own. She's also got to be Barbosa's daughter. And that stuff just really like frustrates me and speaks to... Right laziness in terms of not having the uh, willingness to try something new and everything that Evan said so eloquently is that's the artifice that they have created within this series that they are terrified to step in different directions. They are pointing towards things that have been successful in the past, um, which is Jack Sparrow and these other staples that like, Oh, include some Easter eggs from the ride, do those artsy cold opens um and have like you know a little stinger at the end after the credits and then amongst other things of course a lot of action a lot of macguffins and these you know deus ex machina sort of situations and and just battles and 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 all this stuff and and of course the humor uh but this this one kind of took some steps back especially watching the fourth one so recently i think if it was more in line with just a standard pirate adventure um of them taking something that is like a fun sort of folkloric sort of item and have them chase it. Like it's just like a fun Indiana Jones sort of concept of like, Oh, we all know the Ark of the covenant. Let's have our own sort of character come in and, and explore this world in a, in a, in a funny sort of roguish sort of, sort of way. Um, but that felt like it was kind of, he was kind of on its last, his last legs and even being in these movies in terms of being um, the same engaging Jack. And that seemed kind of, uh, I believe it was mentioned earlier, like propped up. Um, and the, you know, the chemistry of the, of uh, Henry Turner and I forget her name right now, uh, Karina it just that that left me wanting a little bit more too. There's, there's something that's just like so generic about the romance in these movies, whether it be Orlando Bloom, Kira Knightley, or them too, 
it just seems like something that's so like an obligation to have some sort of character characters like that that are fulfilling a romantic sort of undercurrent or need so jack can kind of do his things on top of it um but this one compared to like the last one we talked about was world's end which is all of that that i i hate so much so i i think i would in a, in a way prefer this one to world's end for and as well as stranger tides to world's end i think world's end represents to me like that that representation and like the concentrated pure kind of like up their own asses convoluted story that's leaning too much on building rather than resolving um and this one at least left me feeling like somewhat satisfied in terms of having a, a pirate adventure uh but it still like was resting on some some stuff that i didn't need in something that was trying to move itself adjacent to what's already been done before um so yeah like that 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 being said i i yeah i think the the review for me i'm trying to remember what my at world's end rating was because it's just much easier for me to rate it on a scale but um i think i'll do a i almost want to like switch some of my stuff around i almost want to like mix some stuff because i'm not even sure what at world's end was but whatever that is um i i think i would rate it lower than a this would be a uh 58 yeah. And I think I would drop World's End a little a little bit lower. Um, I know I'm all wish wishy washy with my scores, and I would even like pump Dead Man's Chest up. After all this, like going through the series, like I appreciate Dead Man Dead Man's Chest like a little bit more now, because I think it was like really successful on uh, certain things that this just wasn't as far as like building out stuff instead of um, getting more convoluted. Uh, but please, Brandini. Uh, Help me out here because I'm doing my best and expressing my feelings, but I feel like you got to bring us home. Yeah, I'll bring us home. So I honestly, Dead Man's Chest out of the ones that we've been uh, that we've done has been my favorite because it Same. gave really great attention. Or not Dead Man's Chest. I'm sorry. At World's End is my favorite. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's okay. Uh, yeah, that's what I thought you said last week. Yeah, at World's End because it gave so much attention and to a bunch of different characters and this one shortcoming is that it gave no attention to he it like honestly doesn't care about people which is the weirdest thing because it has a it has the most like strongest motives and things to do for a female character it's so bizarre but this like this movie doesn't care about people and uh, at all because there's not like we don't know what gibbs is feeling about stuff we don't know what uh, jack's other pirate team's feeling about we really don't know what henry's feeling like so many people who are like the i make up the fucking movie you like have no idea what's like what they care about who they are and that's uh, it just like kind of like is emblematic or emblematic of Johnny Depp's performance as well of there. We have started this journey 
with Pirates of the Caribbean in 2003. This movie came out in 2017. Like this movie's franchise has been going on for too long. If there's not a better example of what, you know, uh, of what, oh God, Two-Face was talking to us about, about becoming the villain of your own thing when you do this, just like I brought up with Coldplay as well, is like, there's, you just start becoming a caricature, you start leaning on your laurels, and it doesn't make for a compelling movie. Sure, there's totally a place for movies like this Big budget action movies, because honestly, we didn't talk about this, but the Jack getting mainly dropped because, again, Johnny Depp, he doesn't want to do shit uh, between uh, cannons when the two ships were apart and there's like it's dark. He's like going between cannons. And then there's like this big, I guess, the front of the ship turns into like it comes alive and comes becomes sentient, like attacks him. I'm just like so enthralled by what is happening because like um, uh, to Evan's point is it's like you're not going to get a you know a mid to low budget movie that's going to have a big <laughs> front of a ship start attacking your main character while he's like jumping between two moving ships and stuff like there's something so thrilling about big budget action movies that I'm always attracted to. Like I'm still on the, uh, I, I should just do it now that I'm really kind of preaching it is, uh, you know, ambulance came out by Michael Mann, Michael, Michael Bay. Bay, Michael Bay. And the idea of just getting to see on screen, like shit blowing up fucking ships crashing into each other. There's a ship in this movie that like, eats another ship which i will just say for like you know again how stupid or how given a sh like less of a shit that the british are in this movie is that there's this they all like you know uh faramir pumps everybody up like we're gonna we're gonna get these pirates and then the ship just eats them and then they're done it's over it, who cares they suck anyways like get over it and but a ship eats another ship. And, you know, I, that's not lost on me that movies have the ability to have a ship eat another ship. I, I wanted to, like, go from behind so it looked like there were two ships just fucking. Like, ships it was like, like yeah, it was like mounting yeah, just, the other ship, kind of like right. Southland Tales style. And, uh -huh. yeah, just, you yeah. See, yeah. Oh, my God, it's establishing dominance. <laughs> Are those two cars porking each other? <laughs> um, I love Southland Tales so fucking much. That's in my top five. Um, <laughs> anyways, so I get it. Like, there's a place for big budget action movies that don't have to make a lot of sense. But to Evan's point, like, I, I hate to bandwagon on how great Evan's point was, but it was really good. We're that, all thinking it. That We're all thinking it. Th there are big budget action movies that have, like, lose a story in this, like, right? Like, lose a story, lose a story here. Like, let's just make this better. Or 
just like the, you know, uh, at world's end, like, okay, if the story kind of sucks, like allow a bunch of people to just like have their moments and just like have these fun, just like I'm swinging in and being like, Hey, I'm here to, you know, do this thing that you know me for like, there's not even that in this. We just get a lot of just fucking Javier Bardem talking about how pissed off he is about at Jack Sparrow. Then we get this like super like who cares about Henry? And then I'm sorry, but movie you're making me feel that way because you don't care about Henry. So why should I like all of that stuff? It makes the movie not good. There are better action movies. There are better like, you know, you're going to direct somebody. If you want to see like a spectacle, you want to see what movies could be like the magic of movies. You direct them to, you know, uh, gone with wind. The, the Matrix <laughs> was pretty dope. <laughs> gone with the wind for sure. But like, but I thought know. like the first Matrix movie is a great example of like a high octane action movie, big budget Absolutely. thriller. That's like, it's a good movie. It's cool. And that's, and I'm glad you brought up the first movie of the Matrix because the first movie of this series is, is exactly that. It's self-contained, like it, 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 to the point that like James brought up is, and th that too, I haven't brought up that I would like to bring up in my review. I know it's long winded, but the Disneyfication, it's like the Marvel, the Star Wars of it all is that some input in the Disney universe, like a making decisions place is like, so people online are talking about how, you know, these like how, like what gets you to, we want to know how Han Solo found his gun <laughs> or in this movie that Jack becomes the pirate captain. And then everybody just starts setting down pieces of his cloth like that is part of his clothing set on the ship there's like something Tribute. by committee uh, you know that evan you're talking about that just makes this so disingenuous and so i'm gonna wrap up my review now is that there is a th there is a part of me that likes this movie but there's a a bigger part of me that knows that there are better versions of this movie. And I'm going to give this movie a 45%. Very fair. I think, uh, all of these things echo our sentiments that we've been, uh, explaining this whole, yeah, I think we've, it's been a little bit of a long winded podcast, but I think it just feels so good to wrap up this series. I'm, I'm glad that we had someone yeah. to do it with us, to join us on this last leg of the journey. Um, but I like that. Yeah. I think our kind of our reviews a little bit Brandini were, uh, kind of exemplifying what we're just expressing, what we were experiencing going through this whole saga. And yeah, it's like the, it's been a whirlwind in terms of even with the Rotten Tomato scores. And I just think it's been fascinating exploring a series of movies that not everybody wanted more of them, but they <laughs> made five and there was like, all the critics, but like past the first one, were all bad, like all rotten. So two through five from the critics are like, no, no, please, no, God, no, no, thank you. And they're like, no. Nope, but it made nope. so much we're, money. Yeah, audiences. Yeah, and it I mean, made so much and that's, money. I mean, People that, are going anything, to theaters, watching the movie, and mm -hmm. loving it. And and the numbers don't tell the whole story, but yeah, I mean, yeah, the numbers, the money are those. Them numbers make lots of 
moves. And uh, I, I'm trying to think of how that would be expressed in Rotten Tomatoes. But if there's a good audience score, you can maybe guess that people are going out to see it and uh, renting it and, and everything like that. If the series were to come back ever, I rented it in 2022. I paid money to see this movie. Yeah, I mean, maybe, still making money. Maybe people are like signing up for Disney Plus just to get on the pirate stream. Maybe oh they'll come God. out with a pirates TV show for Disney Plus. It's just like this is another IP franchise for them that I just think there's no way that they're going to leave untouched when they know how much power that it that it has. Just the universe itself, and I know that Jack Sparrow is a big part of that, and that's extremely like I, that seems out of the picture or questionable whether that's going to be touched again but the universe itself i don't think they're done with and for us here we're done for now with the pirates we we will uh everyone can leave the sh- the polarized uh cruise line um and we will be sailing into uh another movie next week which will be the boondock saints um, which has a very polarizing from one dog to another. Brandon, thank God you're here. <laughs> thank you so much for that. Went from a, a Caribbean dock to a boon dock. That we did, my friend. <laughs> that we did. And there's going to be some Latin in this movie. I think there was some Latin probably in some in some of the pirates. Um, you know. Yeah, who knows? There's gonna be uh, there's gonna be a Willem Dafoe. There's gonna there's gonna be some uh, some uh, Sean Patrick Flannery, some Norman Reedus, um, <laughs> some uh, very high audience reviews. This audience review is a ninety one percent, a hot, spicy ninety one for this movie, and the critics is a low, cold, icy twenty eight percent. Wow, that's worse than. Uh, dead men tell no tales. <laughs> yeah, let's just stretch the Boondock Saints. The polls of all movies more polarized. Wow. Either you either love it or you hate it. It seems like. For, uh, for I don't think I've seen years. that one. What? Oh, let me read, the, you know, I'll read the description. I don't think I've seen Boondock Saints. Is that a Guy uh-huh. Ritchie movie? No. It kind of it sounds like it would. Be. It almost feels it like be. it, but it uh, feels like it too. Troy Duffy wrote and directed it. Uh, the, the, yeah, like the premise is tired of the crime overrun, tired of the crime overrunning the streets of Boston, Irish Catholic twin brothers, Connor and Murphy are inspired by their faith to cleanse their hometown of evil with their own brand of zealous vigilante justice. As they hunt down and kill one notorious gangster after, after another, they become controversial folk heroes in the community. But Paul Smecker Willem Dafoe, an, an eccentric FBI agent, is fast closing in on their blood-soaked trail. Uh, it made $20,000 in the box office gross. Wow. It sounds dope. But it's sounds like great. a super-duper like cult classic. Mm-hmm. like audience. Violent Boston mob movie? That sounds kick-ass. Audiences love it. I mean, you, you talk... There's plenty of guys I've talked to where you mentioned Boondock Saints and they just fucking love it's it. Their whole identity. Some, yeah, yeah for some people, yeah, for sure. <laughs> it's what people base their whole identity around. You should check. Now it that out. I, now that I understand what it is, I'm like, I, I kind of want to see this. I want to go. Oh my god, you should. Because like, it's. Also, I like Boston mob movies. I think that shit's great. It's also really like small scale. There's a lot mm-hmm. that happens because it's. 
it's kind of one of those nights happen and then we have to put the pieces together from what that night was. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I forgot the structure of it kind of. Yeah. And it just makes it so self-contained where it's like, so a lot of what the night was, was we were at our place, you know, or the, whatever. Yeah, and it almost starts yeah. like memento style. It does. It does. You're like, well, we got to retrace our steps. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking green street. Hooligans is another polarizing one. Ooh. Equilibrium. Okay. Well, I'm putting a couple of these on the list. Um, well, that'll do it for us. Thank you so much, Evan. We really Thank appreciate, you Evan, guys. We appreciate it so much, dude. Uh, is there anything you want to share with the dude, polarized if you're working on any projects or point? Yeah, totally. Uh, so I just wanted to say that, you know, with Squarespace, you can make an easy website. <laughs> they, they really make it. <laughs> you use my, um, <laughs> Dude, you got to do our ad reads. You got to do it. <laughs> yeah, it, it really is great. I mean, you can use my code to get 50% off. <laughs> um, I mean, I have a movie that is going to come out soon-ish. Uh, it's called Derailer. It's about a bike thief and a talking bicycle. Um, but, nice. Okay. Yeah. I'll let you guys know when it's available. Right now, we're sending it out to film festivals and stuff. So we'll see. Yeah, you know, fingers crossed, and you know who knows when it'll actually be publicly viewable. But it is done at least. You know, we finished the the cut, and that's probably the most, uh, you know, the the soonest thing that I've worked on that's gonna be out there. So, congrats, oh, dude. How does it feel? Yeah. Oh, it feels awesome. It's great. I mean, it's it's so fun to just like open and close projects. You know, to like have something <laughs> go from being in your imagination to then being a movie that you can watch is like one of the coolest feelings. Oh, wow. Yeah. Totally. That's amazing. I, it's it's a true pleasure to have you as someone. I think for for us has been closer to the actual art form than a couple of schmucks like us, you know, that are just like commentating <laughs> on it. And think, I guess we love you, but yes, <laughs> and think and think we know what we're talking about. Well, I mean, I think plenty of our other guests would would admit that they're not as clued into how how these things are made save for Kara, you know she's a, she works in costuming and, and everything in, in movies and she knows that side that side of it and she did uh post-production and shit and shit like that and um but evan man you're that's to put your creative ideas out there and have them be a tangible thing uh that's got to feel so satisfying and uh yeah congrats and Good luck to your your future endeavors. Um, join us again Thanks. anytime. Check out Boondock Saints if you want. You, it seems like you'll either either love it or you hate it. Um, let us know your score. Maybe we'll yeah we'll just we'll we'll uh, throw the throw the score out there to everyone else that is just going to be waited on bated breath for that next Evan Evan project. Um, well, our, thank you, you guys on, so much for having you get me. That polarized really polarized plug, baby. What's that? I said thank you guys so much for having me. I mean, it's been really fun being on this. I hope so, because, yeah, I know it's been... I hope we didn't take up too much of your time. You're in a different time zone. I know it's later, but uh, thank you again. Make sure you guys tune in for Boondock Saints next week. Um, Brandon, do you have anything to share before I give people what they... Uh, <laughs> what they want? What no. They, what no, they no, want, no. which is no more of this <laughs> No yeah. more of this bullshit no no follow us, uh, follow us on twitter everybody uh yeah at polarized pod on twitter at polarized pod on twitch.tv slash polarized pod is where you'll find us oh you gotta watch us on twitch yeah we're we're going we're live we're live currently um and yeah. you can witness this uh 
as it's happening. We have a nice little opening live. chat usually. Yeah, uh, yeah we're going live. You can, you can see what we're doing right now. Polarized you, you, Night you Live. Just, just don't even know. With Evan Moore. Molly <laughs> Shannon. <laughs> Terio Terry. Horatio Sands. <laughs> Tim Meadows. Um, I like that you can tell what what cast I'm kind of fluctuating around. Uh, okay, I'm wrapping it up. Thank you again, everyone. We'll see you next week for Boondock Saints. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Peace. Yo-ho. Yo-ho. It's a polarized podcast for me. For me. <laughs>